0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: good afternoon everybody i'm Rich i alongside eugene benton coming to you live for another southern sport central here in the studios this afternoon down on the low country side of life here in somerville is uh, where the studio is located just outside of charleston and of course uh It has been uh, quite a nice day today. The rain is away. The temperatures are brought just right. Guys are stretching it out after watching some game film yesterday in the high school ranks. I know they probably got in, maybe got a workout in on a beautiful Sunday afternoon, but only to get after it here on a Monday afternoon. I didn't make my way out today to the practice field. I'll be back out that way tomorrow, but I got to tell you, it's going to be a loaded show here today. As uh, Eugene and I will talk a little high school sports for the next 30 minutes, and then at 6.30, Kevin Bilodeau from Live 5 and CBS Sports will jump in here with us as he'll talk the low country side of life. What's happened here locally after Friday nights? uh, The lights were cut off. Who won? Who lost? And uh, who's the big winners out of week two? in the South Carolina high school league. We'll talk also some skis with them as well and find out if the hurricanes are still blowing that power or category five, if you will, over there on James Island. And then it's seven o'clock. It is time of course, for Reginald Walker jr. He comes in all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina. He'll join us and he'll talk to us about the college and the NFL. We'll talk about uh, all the ups and downs and all arounds from Saturday to Sunday and, yeah, I know I know there's a game or two tonight. My Packers, by the way, have been moved back to 9.05. I sent the word that our show doesn't get off till 9. They said, okay, we'll move it back five minutes. And that's actually a true, well, not that part about me calling, but definitely the part about them being about a five to ten minute delay today. So uh, that's good news for me, is they'll be playing the Atlanta Falcons uh, tonight. So I'll be excited to watch that matchup. Hopefully my Packers can go to 4-0. Maybe talk some baseball because baseball is going to be kicking off here in uh, another round of playoffs. Uh, my Dodgers, by the way, have made it to uh, the next round. They'll be playing tomorrow night. The Braves, I know, play tonight. The Yankees, I think, play tonight. There's a handful of other ball games that will be kicking off or throwing that first pitch here later this afternoon. And then at 730, we go back to the high school ranks, but we take it to Columbia, to the capital city with Mike Uva. He is uh, with Watchbox uh, 57. He's part of the Friday Night Lights guys that uh, do some stuff on uh, the TV up there in Columbia. But we'll talk to him about those Midland teams. We'll find out the winners and losers of that weekend up there on, uh, of course, uh, the Midland side of uh, Friday Night Lights. How is Dutch Fork doing? How is some of those other teams that have been in here with us, Perry Parks and Ridgeview? Are they still dogging it out, doing the big things over there? Of course, some other teams that we've uh, highlighted here on the show, uh, we'll find out how they are doing coming out of another week. And then at 8 o'clock, we had our game of the week last week, which was the Goose Creek Gators. They were ranked number seven in the state coming into last weekend, traveling to the number four ranked at that time. That would be the Fort Norchester Patriots. It was over there at the Fort's opening uh, game. It was their first game at home. Of course, it was uh, all, all. Fort Dorchester in big-time ways, but we will have the winning team in here tonight at 8 o'clock. We'll have the quarterback, hopefully an offensive lineman. I know a strong safety is going to join us, maybe a linebacker, maybe even a coach or two. That's going to be from 8 to 8.30. It'll be kind of a hot shot, kind of get them in, get them out, let them have a little moment here on the air tonight and highlight that big win. By the way, a big win on Friday night. We'll talk about that here in just a little bit as well. And then at 8.30, we'll uh, talk to a guy who – He's a coach down with the Outlaws, and that, of course, is Coach Sterling Hayward. He uh, is with the Low Country Outlaws 707 team. Uh, He'll come in around 830, and uh, we'll we'll finish it up with him. So that's tonight's menu, if you will. Uh, Eugene, let me bring you in, man. It seems like it's been a while since you and I have not been out of field. We've both been uh, stationed uh, in uh, the confines of a studio to some degree, and uh, I know you're not 100%, but I do appreciate you checking in and hanging out tonight, buddy.
2: Yeah, man, just uh, <clears throat> battling some respiratory stuff and uh, but uh, starting to get this medicine going and just feeling better, getting some energy back. It's all good, just trying to get beefed up, get ready for another weekend of football. You know, it seems like it's uh, the clock goes faster this time of year than it normally does, but just so much to do and so much to cover. But, you know, it was, it was an interesting week. Um, it was over uh, at the Oceanside game on Friday. Those guys uh, put up a good, good many points, and uh, Coach calls second game and um, you know, the defense uh, it, is doing wonders over there for Coach O and uh, you know, they've only given up one offensive score all year and um, but you know, it, it should be a very good game between uh, you know, it's it's a familiar story it's uh, the Oceanside Sharks versus Art Craig to determine, you know, a region title yet again, it's like three years in a row, you know, no matter who the coaches are or, or where the school's or, or what region they're in and whatnot, but, uh, so that's this Friday. <clears throat> it was good to see, um, the Somerville Green Wave get their first win of the season, you know, good. scoring, uh, I think it was, what is it? 72 points on the same yeah, field. So, uh, that's, that's, that's definitely a track type field, man. Cause, uh, that's the same field that Oceanside played on, on Thursday night. But, um, you know, and then I was out at the, uh, Stratford game in Cane Bay. Cane Bay got their first win of the season, um, over there. So that was, uh, it was a good game. Um uh, it was nice weather for that. <clears throat> you know, a lot of college football on Saturday. Uh this thankfully, you know, the weather held out for Friday. We didn't have to have college, I mean, high school football on Saturday and Monday this week. But um you know, you got two games uh coming up. Uh, I think we got uh you know, your Packers, they they definitely should get a win. Um uh, considering I think that coach is the next coach on the hot seat. Uh considering the Texans just let go of their head coach and GM just a few minutes ago, so you know, if your if your boys do what they should do, I think the uh, Falcons are probably going to make a
1: change here pretty soon. Yeah, we'll wait and see how it works out. Now, Eugene did mention, by the way, uh, the game last week was a Thursday night, and that, of course, was North Charleston hosting Oceanside. Oceanside got the big win. Joe Call picks up uh, a uh, win number two, also win number two in that region. They go win number three if they pull it out this week, which, by the way, is our game of the week this week and week number three, and it will be held over at Johnson Haygood Stadium where the Citadel Bulldogs play. It's a 730 kickoff. Oceanside welcomes in our Craig and the Hanahan Hawks who oh are also undefeated. And that one could be for all the marbles, even though it's only week three. Remember, seven weeks this year. That's what we're looking like. There are teams that are getting beat last week, this week, and every week after this that will – basically be eliminated you know we talk about that and and again I know it's kind of the the uh, I I guess the fly on the wall if you will but you look at it and the conversation is stalled you know they lost now too they're pretty much on the outside looking in to get the playoffs and hoping that somebody else can help them get in and it's probably not gonna happen you look at a course over there at Ashley Ridge and I feel for coach Shane Filler I think he's gonna build a great program but losing two region games back-to-back like that pretty much, unfortunately, puts them in a tough spot. But how about the team? And you and I talked about this. I said this in June, and in, in July, when I found out that this gentleman had taken over this program in a familiar face on the Grand Strand, takes up a 5A program in West Ashley, and has those guys, the Wildcats over there, 2-0 after a big win on senior night at Ashley Ridge on Friday night. Now, they will host Somerville, or I'm not sure. Eugene, we might need to look at that one real quick. I don't have it in front of me. But I do know no matter who hosts two it is a battle between West Ashley and Somerville. And I got to tell you, West Ashley wins that game. They find a way to win that game. They're 3-0 and in the region play. That's huge in so many ways. And that puts Somerville – with a one and one record and very similar, um, unfortunately, having to have somebody else control their destiny. You know, of course, this weekend, if you're a four door Chester Patriot, they have the likes of, uh, well, that team that we just mentioned that uh, Somerville beat this past weekend that's Stahl. Now, Stahl, of course, right around the corner from uh, the Fort. And that one will be kicked off at 7.30 as well. So, you know, there's so many games right now, Eugene, that are going to mean and be so much to uh, what's happening around high school football. And, of course, we'll get more into that uh, as we get in here with uh, Kevin Billado. But, uh, you know, when you start to kind of look at some of these big-time games, and we're going to go through, by the way, Max Prebs has released its, um, its top 25. We'll give you the top 10 per each classification, but I think when you look at this one and you see week three and you see what it has to offer, Goose Creek, Cane Bay. Cane Bay cannot afford to lose another game. Now, Goose Creek, they have not lost any region games. The game they lost last week out of region, Sumter at Carolina Forest. That's up there on the Grand Strand. Carolina Forest, by the way, very good. Sumter, very good. It's basically going to be a heavyweight matchup on the battlegrounds at Carolina Force. Then, of course, you want to look around. You mentioned Somerville and West Ashley. How about this one in the upstate? Burns and Dorman. I believe Burns is undefeated. I know Dorman took a loss on Friday night. I know you actually commented on the field goal kicker who missed the extra point or missed the three points. That being said, it's never down to one play, even though it feels like it at the time. But that one was a smash mouth heavyweight matchup that Gaffney ends up walking away with, but now Dorman cannot focus on that loss. They need to be able to shave it off and move on because Burns is ready to play, and I tell you what, a Burns win could mean bad things for a team out of Dorman. Other games happening around, of course, we mentioned Oceanside and Hanahan will be focused on that game. Myrtle Beach, Myrtle Beach, they are the big dogs in 4A, definitely up on the Grand Strand and around the coastline, but they'll be playing West Florence, who also has a hot hand. Watch out for West Lawrence. What do they have to offer? We've had these two teams on before, Buford and May River. Wow, down in the lower part of the low country. We'll talk more about that matchup on Thursday when we get our guys that help us out down there in the lower part of the low country talk to us about what's going on over there. But there are just so many great games, so many great games that are happening. And Eugene, the fun part about all of this, my friend, is that every game is a playoff game. There is not going to be a team, from my understanding, unless something's changed, that is 500. You know, every year we look at that at-large bid and somebody finds a way to sneak in with a 500 record. That's not going to be the case this year. It's going to be very much a heavy-hitting playoff system with top-ranked teams around the state of South Carolina from 5A to 1A, my brother. Yeah, and
2: you are correct. uh, uh, game coming up for Somerville uh, is with West Ashley this coming Friday. Now, you know, as you mentioned, West Ashley, this is a team that's kind of been that 5A, you know, they kind of come in and win a game here, too. Uh, they would lose to the perennial big dogs. Um, it was only what two, three years ago, I believe it was, when they won their first playoff game ever. And most people didn't realize that, you know, because you kind of thought, you know, they aren't they aren't a doormat type team. You know, they win some games. Uh this year in their two wins, their points four points against their hundreds points scored against only giving up twenty eight. Uh whereas Somerville who put seventy two in one game, uh their points four is eighty six and they've given up thirty four. Uh so <clears throat> that should be a good game. And uh, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm with what I've seen on the field and especially the size of the line that I think West Ashley has this year, I think there's some tricks up the sleeve. It's a new coach. Um, I'm mm-hmm. actually going to, I think West Ashley has a good shot of pulling this off. Now, that being said, if West Ashley wins this game. Uh, I don't believe there's any chance that Somerville is going to beat Fort this year Fort is just way balanced as you can, uh, definitely attest to that. And, uh, I was doing some, uh, Historical research on playoff teams, and you know, it it's a very real reason that Somerville couldn't would be left out of the playoffs this year, and I think it'd be the first time since like 1968. Uh, same thing with Berkeley, you know, they're kind of back against the wall as well. But you know, this region of Somerville, Fort Dorchester, West Ashley, um, Ashley Ridge, and Stahl has some very very good players. Now, again, I know Stahl, he has his challenges, you know, trying to trying to field teams that can compete in the 5A just from the depth perspective, they certainly have some athletes. But, you know, Dor- Fort Dorchester has definitely got this thing. I think they'll run away with the region this year. But, like I said, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, West Ashley with the big-time hire, you know, bringing in a guy for, you know from up in uh, the Grand Strand PD area uh, and bringing him down here. They certainly have him rolling. Looks like offensive, defensively. So, uh, they'll keep going. But, um, you know, back to the, the Dorman-Gaffney game, I did call it uh, early on. Uh, for Gaffney, and I thought it was going to be a close one. I did reach out to Omar Khan. He's a, a great young man. He's got Division one offers to Campbell, uh, Georgia State. I know some other schools are looking at him. He's a very talented guy. You know, he's made some big-time kicks to win games. He put his team into the state championship last year by making a field goal at the last minute. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. But I just reached out to a young man this morning and said, you know, one play doesn't define who you are, bud. You know, it doesn't define who you are as a player or as a man. You know, you got to bounce up and uh, keep going. And I think about an hour later is when he got that offer from uh, Campbell. So, you know, sometimes you, you don't get a good bounce and sometimes things go your way. So, um, But it was a good good message from him just saying that, you know, he, he feels like he, he did let his team down but that uh, he's going to keep you know, coming back to the grind and, and try to get better. But um, so it was some great football all around the state. Definitely in the upstate you had that big battle. Like you said, here comes week three. I think week three you're going to start seeing some more uh, premier-type matchups, uh, especially here in the low country as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of things happen. Eugene, let me ask you this, though. If you look at the picture, and I'm not a special teams guy. This is your, your forte here. This is where your special things are. It, does it matter to have those laces out? Because if you looked at the way – the laces were turned towards the kicker. they weren't turned towards the goalpost. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and again, did that do you feel like that might have played a factor? It didn't look like the ball was spotted as, as clean as, as what we've seen in, in other areas and kind of uh, express or, or explain ball you know uh, when they say laces out.
2: A lot of guys obviously want the laces out because you don't want to kick the laces. That's the biggest thing. Uh, I told guys especially on extra points, um, you know I don't care. Just get the ball down. Such a short field, you know. You're not going for a fake or something like that most of the time. Uh, you know, you, so just get the ball down, get it straight up, so the guy can get it off quick and cleanly. Uh, extra points are kind of one of those just bam bam plays. Uh, for field goals, especially with the longer distance, I'm more worried about one getting it onto the block if a kicker's kicking off the block. Uh, if they're off the ground, get into that one spot. Um, not so much the laces out, but you don't want the ball. Perfect example is uh, the Alabama game last year. Nick Saban always uses his quarterbacks as the holders, where everybody knows that uh, the starting quarterback uh, destroyed his hip the week before. So, right before the Auburn game, they brought in Mac Jones. Mac, uh, he had never held before in a game. And what he did on the left hash with the right footed kicker was if you look at the ball, instead of tilting the ball in towards him, like you would look straight down the ball, almost like you would do a scope. He actually tilts the ball to the left. He pushes it away from the kicker. So you see, when the Alabama kicker hits the ball, it actually helicopters to the left and hits off that upright. Uh, so that, was that, that kick and that missed kick was actually 100% on the holder there. You know, on a field goal, especially it was a short field goal. The laces, to me, I, I wouldn't make a big deal about it unless the laces were pointed straight at the kicker. You wouldn't want those laces kind of hitting your foot, so to speak, because any type of um, connection there or, or action on the laces could, you know, cause something squirrely with your laces if you have laces on your shoes or anything like that, you know, where your foot makes that contact and compresses around it. Um, you know, it just – honestly, it just looked like you missed it, Um There's not a whole lot that that went into it other than, you know, if I were to get a close enough up shot, then, you know, I'd look at his plant foot and see where he planted, see if he had his toes in or if they were planted forward. Um, But it's just one of those things, man. Um, Sometimes it's just where you hit your target. If you plant too far past the ball, you're going to chip down on it and it's going to go right. Uh, so if you play it too soon, you're going to swing over, and it's going to go. Uh, you're going to pull it left, kind of like a, a golf swing. Somebody would hook it versus a slice. So, But uh, typically the laces out, I mean, you would want them out. Uh, a lot of that has to do with psychologically, um, but you definitely do not want them pointing towards uh, where you would strike the ball, if that right. makes sense.
1: That makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know, just, again, makes sense if you hit those, uh, of course, hit them right there on the laces. I mean, it definitely is not going to be a, a, a quite that, that smooth surface as you would get uh, around the other side of the ball. Let's talk quickly before we go to break because coming up at 630. We've got to be on time. Kevin Billadu is going to give us exactly 15 minutes. He's got a, a busy afternoon, and we want to make sure that we respect his time. But uh, the latest top ten rankings, we're a star at five, work our way down to one and this again is from the guys over at max preps they got ranked all the way at number one is gaffney after a big win they are right there at the top of the heat 2-0 fort Chester sitting there at 2-0 after a two wins there dutch fork how about that urmo's dutch fork is sitting at number three dormant now at one and one they are sitting there uh at number four sumter undefeated at number five boiling springs out of spartanburg one and one they're sitting at number six and burns we told you about that matchup. Burns, of course, will be playing Dorman. They are 2-0 and as well. Then at number eight is River Bluff out of Lexington, Northwestern over in Rock Hill at number nine, and it's Carolina Forest at number 10. So right off the rip, you got two matchups with four teams inside the top 10. We'll tell you real quick, it's Dorman and Burns, Carolina Forest, and Sumter. Somebody is going to go home with a loss and if it's going to be Dorman, that could be two in a row. Sitting at number in the 4A rankings, let's go over now to Southside Christian. They're sitting at number one. Uh, you want to see, of course, let uh, will check that. Let's, let's go back a little bit here. Um, let me bounce over here, they've got some things moved around here. Um, there we go. Greenville. Greenville sitting there at number one. Greenville, of course, uh, the team that's got one of those elusive running backs, Eugene, you and I know well about. Uh, Flora out of Columbia at number two, Greenwood at number three, Greer at number four, South Point at a Rock Hill, we've had their coach in here, he is at number five, West Florence, I talked about them earlier, they'll be playing Myrtle Beach, they're 2-0 by the way, North Myrtle Beach is at number seven at a Little River, 2-0, Myrtle Beach, that team we just mentioned, at 2-0, they're at number eight, Irmo out of Columbia at number nine, and Westside, they are in Anderson at 2-0, Westside by the way is Coach Scott Early's team who has that quarterback, that uh Eugene you and I know a little bit about they came all the way down from uh South Beach they weren't playing in Miami his mom had a job opportunity up in this area and in the Anderson area and found a home and I got to be honest with you man it looks like it's a perfect matchup Eugene
2: It does and he's got a good good looking team you know we talked about them with um Mr. Ken Brown the other night I know right. Early is a good friend of his and Uh, They definitely look like they have some talent on that team. He's always been a a great developer of talent. You know, back when he was at Lexington, you know, he had some five-star running backs and great receivers. You know, he's always put up some points back then and, you know, was a force to be reckoned with. But, you know, there's no shortage of talent on his team. You know, I think um, part of it is, you know, they're gelled. You know, it's how how well he got those guys to to buy in and gel and learn the system and whatnot. But, yeah, sure enough. quarterback comes in and puts up some points drives him down the gets them down the field you know pretty quickly there and uh oh and then his son comes in and uh finishes the job so uh you know it, it's an exciting team to watch especially a team that you know i guess coming into it i really didn't have my eye on that much but you know after talking with uh mr brown last week and and uh, you and i talking about the the resurgence so to speak or the renaissance of Coach early it's uh been an interesting team to follow
1: and, you know, he spent some time over in Myrtle Beach uh, with the uh, Seahawks there for a little while as well. Let's go down to 3A where it is uh, out of Edmond. It's Chapman. They are 2-0. and Wren, Wren, after winning the 4A, they are now in 3A, and they're sitting there undefeated at number two. At number three, it's Camden, 1-0. and Dillon, the Wildcats, we know these guys aren't going to hang down there low. I want to think they're 2-0. I'm not sure if this is up-to-date or not. I think they've played two games Daniel is at number five. They're out of Central. Woodruff at number six. They've got a loss, but they're still hanging in at the top six. So, Belton Honey Path, at of uh, Honey Path, they are one and one at number seven. Union County out of Union is 0 and one, and they're still in the top ten. So, they must be having some high expectations for those guys. Gilbert at number nine, and uh, Palmetto, that's in Williamson. They are sitting there at in the top ten. Going down to two-way, Abbeville, the big A. Now, they played Woodland, and it was a matchup. The A plays some football. Let's let's remember, I know uh, Woodland went up there. They added that game in because they wanted to challenge themselves. It's an out-of-region play. Go ahead and get some experience. Go ahead and get some film. Find out what you got to work on before the playoffs get here. Not a bad idea by that athletic director, Coach Cyber, by challenging his young dogs out-of-region, and they did that in fashion. Unfortunately, it fell a little short. Abbeville is at number one. Saluda, check that out. They win the 2A last year. They're still winning big over in Saluda. They're at number two. Newberry at number three. Barnwell. We know about Barnwell, don't we, there, Eugene? They're at number four. They're 2-0. Chesley at number five. They're 2-0. Gray, collegiate. You know a little bit about those guys as well, buddy. 2-0, they're at number six. Wade Hampton, number seven. Sherrall, the Indians, doing their thing at number eight. Woodland, even though they got a loss, it was out of region play, and they played against the number one team in that in that, uh, I would say, classification. They still stay in the top ten at number nine. And baysburg Leesville they're sitting there at number ten. And then to wrap up, the 1A, let's check it out really quickly here. Southside Christian at 1-0. They are number one. Number two, Lakeview-Blackville-Hilda, number three, Earhart They put out some ballers. They're 2-0, but they're sitting at number four. Lamar at number five. Green Sea Floyd, one and one. Out of Green Sea, they're up there on the Grand Strand. That, by the way, is where that head coach sits now over there at West Ashley. That's where he's from. That's where he's been, his last stopping grounds. He won two back-to-back 1A state championships, by the way. Well Branch out of Beaufort. We talked about those dogs. there at number seven. Wagner Sally at number eight. Wilkinson Elko, they are sitting there at number nine. And Carver's Bay down there in Hemingway right outside of Georgetown, at number 10. They're undefeated at 2-0, Eugene. Again, you start to kind of see how this thing happens. You understand the situation. This is going to change dramatically week after week because a lot of these regions are sized up with a lot of teams that are inside the top 10. You're going to see West, excuse me, you're going to see West Lawrence take on Myrtle Beach. Somebody's got to drop. You're going to see in the 5A up on the Grand Strand, that Carolina Forest team in Sumter. Somebody's got to drop. You'll see, of course, the other teams that are lined up. Burns taking on Dorman. Does Dorman focus on yesterday? or are they worry about what happens today? If they carry that loss with them against that Burns team, the Rebels will definitely handle business. And I can tell you, it will be one that you want to keep your eye on. And even at the Somerville, West Ashley game, Somerville, a very impressive win. Doesn't matter who you are. To put up 70 points is impressive. They will be taking on a very, very good, and we don't know what they have, West Ashley team. That one will be one that we keep an eye on. And, of course, some other games in and around the Low Country. So we're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back. We're going to head to, well, I believe, West Ashley. That's where we'll check in with the man. That is Kevin Billadoo. More with Kevin Bilodeau and a few more great guests that are going to be joining us here throughout tonight. want to make sure we thank you guys for following us on our twitter page that is so sports central and on our facebook page at of course southern sports central guys don't go anywhere more of southern sports central coming up next guys
3: the most successful men and women of the world and they found that they had like seven eight things in common and one of the things they all had in common was a routine they are obsessed with their routine they don't have a gap of wasted time they were taking. you know I realized the reason why I'm so successful and the reason why I don't get in trouble like I used to when I was younger is because when I was younger man my schedule had so many gaps in it the devil had like okay he might pray at 6, but my man is watching TV. He's playing video games by 8.30. It's not that I'm sweeter than nobody. The devil can't get to me because all my time is taken up. And by the time he get to me, I'm asleep. I'm too sleep to, t- to sin. I'm just being real. 8.30, he's like, Eric, you should. I'm like, bro, I'm tired. I get- Come back to me tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, tip me tomorrow, bro. I'm about to go to sleep. I'm good. <laughs> I, I don't have, I'm, I'm just tired right now. He's like, but no, you want to? I'm like, I don't want to do that. I'm tired. But let's try tomorrow morning. Right? And I'm being real. I get up at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure he'd there like I'm 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm sure he'd there like, yo, E, go back to sleep. Listen to me. I promise y'all. I got up the other day. I got up the other day like at 3 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up, and I was just walking around. Like a, I was like, I'm so tired. I heard the devil say, go back to sleep. I was like, yeah, you right. I should go back to sleep. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. So I was like, bro, you wanted something. <laughs> you know what I'm He's like, why you getting up this early? You already number one in the world. You're already number one in the world, E. You're already doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like, E, you've been grinding. Just go ahead. It's three. And my body said, yo, E, what, what would you go back to sleep for? I said, I'm tired. My body said, you're not tired. I said, well, why would you say I'm not tired? He said, because you woke up without an alarm clock. You woke yourself up. So if you were tired, your body wouldn't let you get up. If you were tired, your body would make you sleep to six. You got up. It's three. No, what you don't want to do is the grind, but you're up. So do me a favor, Eric, you don't even have to do anything. You don't even have to work. You've been getting up at 3 so early in the morning, don't even worry about it. Just put your shoes on, and when you get on the treadmill, it's just going to do it for you because you've been doing it every day for 3 o'clock in the morning. For real. My body said, all you got to do is put your shoes on. That's the hardest thing you got to do. Just put your shoes on, and I'll do the rest. I can't put your shoes on for you, but put your shoes on, and then just go. And I just went. And I, I was walking for the, I do the tw- uh, 11 incline, boy, and I was just walking for an hour, and I was just like, you know what, it's almost an hour, I don't feel like running. And my body was like, don't even worry about it, we'll get to that when we get to it. I did my hour, was about to get off, my body was like, you know we run now. <laughs> I said, what? We run now, let's go. You, you ain't tired? I said, I am tired. No, you're not, you just walk for an hour. You're not tired, Eric. Your brain is telling you some dumb stuff. If you were tired, you wouldn't have been able to walk for an hour. Okay, so let's do this. Just run for two minutes. I'm trying to help somebody right now go to a whole other level. The, the, the reason why you go back to sleep is because you've always gone back to sleep. It's like a default. You, you go back to sleep because you always, all you got to do is stop going to sleep, and then you're going to stop going to sleep. All you got to do is stop fussing and cussing, and you're going to stop fussing and cussing. All you got to do is stop spending all the money you got and start saving it. Listen to me. I became number one in the world. I became a millionaire not because I made more money. I became a millionaire because they told me millionaires only live off of 30% of
4: their income.
1: Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalbert alongside Eugene Benton. You know, when that song comes on, that means it's time to bring in the big man all the way from, well, West Ashley. And that is, of course, Live 5 News very own Kevin billado What's up, Big Kev?
5: Jacked up again tonight, guys. Let's go.
1: <laughs> I figured, man, we'd get your blood going a little bit, man. We got some E.T. motivation going on, talking about how to save money, to make money, and now we're bringing in – You with that stone-cold breakthrough, man, it's only uh, week three coming up, by the way, on Friday Night Lights coming up this weekend, man. Uh, Tell us, man, give me some breakdowns of uh, what was a recap for you overall across the low country when uh, we finally got done seeing all that action from Friday night.
5: Well, I I think the big thing we saw Friday is that uh, the game you were at, for Dorchester against Goose Creek, uh, the Patriots are clearly right now the best team in the low country. I'm not sure that there's a close second the way they, they man-handled Goose Creek. I really thought Goose Creek was going to be able to give them a good game, but the the Patriots offense just did not slow down that entire night for 56 points against a really good Goose Creek team. And it looks like this is going to be the Patriots, you know, it, it's theirs to lose right now, basically.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. And I tell you, they've got a lot of weapons. I don't want to be the guy to steal and tell everybody their secrets, but Man, it looks to be a, a good season over there for the Fort and uh, the fans of the Patriots. Uh, now, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the other games that happened, uh, the, some prize teams for some, but not me. I, I got to be honest. I saw this guy come in to West Ashley, man, and it seems like he – didn't even. I mean, it's like he hasn't skipped a beat from two A to five A. You know, this guy comes up here, yeah. or you know, doing his thing. Yeah, are you surprised about those Wildcats over there in West Ashley? I mean, they have not once but twice put up a mega amount of numbers and not given up any numbers. And here comes Somerville. And to be honest with you, man, this is a big game for both teams for different reasons.
5: You're you're right. You know, we just named uh, Jaleel Porter the running back over at West Ashley. He was our our live five, five five-star player of the week for this week. He ran for 298 yards and three touchdowns in that win over uh, Ashley Ridge this past Friday. But, you know, I am a little surprised just because, you know, you mentioned Donnie Kiefer and and his arrival over at West Ashley. I got a chance to to sit down with him about a week before the season got going. And, you know, he told me, you know, coming in as a a new head coach somewhere, that's always hard. And you mix in the pandemic and that just made things harder. And, And we talked about, you know, was he going to have to keep things simple with his offense because he hasn't had as much time as I'm sure he wanted to to implement things. And he told me that's exactly what they were going to do. They were keep you know going to keep things fairly simple at least the first few weeks and, you know, just try to add stuff as they go along. And I'll tell you, if this is the simple stuff, then everyone's in a lot of trouble because they've just been <laughs> pouring on points the first two weeks. And you mentioned the game this week against Somerville. And it's like you said, it's a huge game. If West Ashley can win that game, they're 3-0 – you can basically put them in the playoffs right now. You know, there's, right. there's only, you know, a handful right. of, of region games this year. I don't think Fort Dorchester is going to lose any. So if, if West Dash can get out to that lead, uh, they'll basically be in the playoffs assuming they don't fall apart.
1: No doubt about that. Of course, they win against uh, – West Ashley wins big, of course, not only against Stahl. They then go and ruin senior night for uh, a new coach, uh, another new coach here in the low country over at Ashley Ridge, Shane Fiddler. And, and, and would it be fair to say uh, Stahl, Ashley Ridge, basically, you know, early fell out of the playoff, even pitcher before this even, even kind of get up and going. And, and talk about that and then talk about that other region on the other side and towards Berkeley County with Wando's in that region and how it looks as well there, Kev.
5: Yeah, you know, it it feels weird two weeks into it to be saying that, you know, a team's shot at the playoffs is over. But I think you can definitely say that that Ashley Ridge and Stahl are are behind the eight ball right now. And they've got no room for error the rest of the way if they're going to be able to make a run. Because remember, you know, in addition to everything else that's changing this year, only the top two teams from each region are going to the playoffs. So so these teams are really behind that eight ball right now. You you mentioned the other region in 5A here in the low country. Uh, we talked about Goose Creek, and, you know, they had a rough week over at, at the fourth. I was really impressed with how Berkeley kind of bounced back this week. You know, they played last Monday night. They played that home game against Goose Creek. They come up short with a two-point loss. They only get three days to, to prepare for a Wando team that was coming off a win the previous Friday night against Kane Bay. Uh, that game, that Wando-Berkeley game, was really close early on. I, I was there. I left about uh, midway through the second quarter, and it was tied at, at seven apiece. And uh, Berkeley kind of turned things up. You know, Trey Minor, their quarterback, looks really impressive the rest of the way. And and Berkeley goes on for a 35-14 to 14 victory. So it seems like the Stag, you know, they did a nice job of bouncing back in week two.
1: We're live right now with the man. The man, of course, with Live 5 Sports, uh, always helping us on a Monday for a few minutes here before he continues his daily opportunities and uh, checklists as he goes down that here on a Monday evening. Uh, Kev, you know, you look at other games around, and let's not, without doubt, talk about Oceanside hosting a team that, well, they know our Craig, but in another jersey and another collared shirt, but he'll be playing over at Johnson-Haygood Stadium on Friday night with his Hanahan Hawks team, who also, by the way, undefeated. Could we possibly say that this is going to be for that Region 3A over there in that side?
5: I, I mean, I think that's a fair assumption to make this, at this point of the season. You know, both teams, like you said, coming in at 2-0, and there's a reason that's going to be our live five uh, game of the week coming up on Friday night, and that's going to be a great one. Like I said, over at the Sid for Joe Call, going back to where he played his college ball and now leading his his, his side in there. You know, they picked up another – you know, they got a huge win last Thursday night all over North Charleston. They won that one 62 nothing. That was after they had beaten uh, Bishop England the week before, so – they get off to a good start. Uh, Hanahan also, they beat North Charleston as well. They got a win in week two. Also, they beat Battery Creek 36 to nothing. I'm pretty sure Hanahan's defense hasn't allowed a lot of points through the first couple of weeks. So, But, you know, same for them. This is their toughest test they're going to face by far in region play. And I think both of these teams are going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure which, uh, you know, Bishop England might give Hanahan a, a, a good game, but I, I still think Hanahan takes that one. So, I, I'm pretty sure this is going to be for a region championship once it all shakes out. You know, that's how we're going to look back on it. The, the team that loses this game, they're going to have to probably hold off Bishop England and maybe Battery Creek to get into that second playoff spot. But these are definitely the, the top two teams in that region in 3A.
1: Now, of course, 4A, we've only got a team. I know James Island was in 5A. Now they're down there in, in 4A. And, and we have a lot of love there for that coach. He's the real deal. Of course, you know, Coach McCoy comes in here and he's got to learn – you know, the system, the kids, and a lot of things. What's happening over there at West – excuse me, on James Island with those Trojans as they are, you know, trying to get a little more familiar with that new lifestyle in 4A football?
5: Yeah, and, you know, that's that's the kind of thing we expect. And, you know, especially we, we talk about the pandemic and how hard it is for a new coach to, to work his, his system in. It's really difficult. It's really difficult during a normal year to come in – you know, especially when guys are used to playing one system, now you want them to learn this whole other system. That's tough in any situation, and now in a situation where you know they couldn't have as many practices, they couldn't have workouts over the summer, that's that's a big deal. So, you know, I really like Jamar McCoy. I think he's going to do a, a really good job over there. And, you know, another big thing for him is they've got to turn the entire culture around. James Island is not really a program that's had a winning culture over the last 15 years. So, he's got to install that, you know, the the confidence that they can go out and win a game, you know, and win a couple games and make a make the playoffs then make a run of the playoffs. That that kind of thing can take time for a program. And they've got a shot this week. They, they welcome in Colliden County, another low country team, uh, that's in 4A uh, this Friday night. So a good chance for them to get a victory. Colliden got a, a good win in their opener a couple of weeks ago, and they had their second game uh, canceled because because of uh, the, the uh, some positive COVID tests for their opponent. So they'll have an extra week to prepare for James Island, and we're going we're gonna to see how well they did with that.
1: Should be an interesting matchup. We're live right now with a man over at Live 5 News, Live 5 Sports, very own Kevin Billadu. Kevin, let's stay on the island. How about it in Skiza? How's the Hurricanes over there? Coach Waters, is it still a Category 5 over there? Has the wind started to slow down a bit? And talk a little Skeeza football. We don't want to miss out on those guys. While we get it, the public schools are moving, but these dogs have been hunting for the last, I don't know, four weeks now.
5: Yeah, and first half has been really impressive. They did it again uh, this past week. Uh, you know, Johnny Waters got another really good victory, uh, beating Heathwood Hall twenty-one nothing. That's, that's a good shutout at home for the Hurricanes. And you know, we talked a lot in the off season and in the preseason for them about their offense. And they got a really good quarterback in Will Daniel. But I've said it a few times now, their defense has been so impressive throughout this year so far. They've been coming up with turnovers and making those turnovers into points, if not immediately with six-sixes, then, you know, their offense having short fields and turning that into points down that way. So, And then they go out and they get a shutout this past week over Heathwood. So, you know, the offense hasn't been maybe putting up as big a numbers as we thought they might be in the preseason, but they're doing their job. And if the defense keeps playing like this, it's going to be tough to see who gets a win over them.
1: Wrapping it up here with Kevin Billadu from Live 5 News Sports. He's also part of that CBS Sports connection here to the Lowcountry as well. Now, Kev, when you you look at everything, and and one final thing, because I know you're getting ready to have to jump off in about two minutes, you know, uh, this is what – I get it that we don't like that we had to wait so long, but, man, isn't it nice? The season seems to be right on time with the weather. You know, every game is a playoff game. We won't see – and we mentioned this in the intro – we won't see any teams – hopefully, that are 500 getting into, of course, uh, these playoffs, and it should be a, a heavy-hitting game from game one all the way into the championship weekend.
5: Yeah, I, I kind of go back and forth, because I, I really enjoyed this season so far, and, I, you know, I like variables that have been put in, like we talked about, you know, having these early region games and, and how much they mean early on. You know, it, it's fun to have these games that mean something right away, but, you know, I, I'm also missing the fact that we, we went a month without football that, that we're used to. So, you know, you can kind of go back and forth on it. But now that it's here and the way it's working out, we've been really enjoying it so far.
1: Well, I got to be honest with you, man. I've had a chance to hang out with the guy that uh, hangs out with you over there in the studio. I hung out with him on Monday uh, over at the Berkeley, of course, Goose Creek game. And then that Friday this past week, he was over there with us over at the Fort, man. I tell you, man, he's a five-star dude, man. You guys are awesome. We appreciate the hospitality. Thanks for being a team player down here in the low country with us. And again, you know, we don't take you guys for granted. So if there's ever anything we can do for you guys, always let us know. And I'm sure we'll be talking again, if not before. We'll talk to you again next Monday afternoon, buddy.
5: Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. You know, we've got uh you know, of course, our big Friday night show, Friday Night Light coming up at eleven fifteen on Live Five. You can watch it on our app and, and online and whatnot. And we also we got a new show we want to talk about, and that's our our Live 5 Friday Night Lights tailgate. That's coming up at 4.30 every Friday now. You can see it on our app, on the website, on Apple TV, Roku. All those streaming services are going to have the Live 5 tailgate. And, you know, that's going to be just, you know, a quick preview of what we're going to see Friday night and, you know, hearing from some coaches and just going over the schedule and and the standings and whatnot. So that's a good one to check in on, too. And that's coming up 4.30 on Friday afternoon, the Friday Night Lights tailgate.
1: Like that, Kevin. If you'll do me a favor, let's you and I catch you up this afternoon, let's do it tomorrow because I know you're going to be on family time and, and make sure that we're somehow tagged in this thing so that I can help propel this and promote this. I think that's a great idea. I love it, man. I love what you guys are doing, and we're going to help promote you guys as much as we can, man. We appreciate you.
5: Right, we'll talk to you guys soon.
1: Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, and the legend down here in Charleston. I tell you what, he does an incredible job. He's surrounded by a great – uh, group over there at Live 5 News and Live 5 Sports. Uh, it was an anniversary, by the way, for, uh, you know, one of his guys who uh, is an icon. Uh, of course, uh, bring you back in here, Eugene, who I think I'm, I need to go back and look, but I know he, um, he celebrated uh, an anniversary, if I'm not mistaken, over at Live 5 News. And, uh, you know, it's always a, an honor to get those guys over here because Live 5 News, when you think about it here in Charleston, and I think you can attest to this, that's the first place you think of. You know, you know that that, that those guys, Charlie Hall was the last voice that you heard before Hurricane Hugo shut down the power. And uh, there's just so many other big names that have come out of that studio. You know, Warren Pepper was the guy that did so many great things. And then, you know, uh, Andy Pruitt came in. And here all of a sudden we get in here with Kevin Billadu. You know, it's been a great relationship and uh, we're just blessed to have all of our guys and and all of their guys working together. Again, we see them on Friday nights. I know you see them on Friday nights, wherever you are, and uh, they always make sure that they are A1A, Beachfront Avenue with us. They're never, as I would say, too big, a.k.a. And, again, you know, we have our own conversation on that, Eugene.
6: Yeah,
2: actually where I grew up uh, between here and Beaufort, out, out in the country we didn't have cable and things like that. Uh, So we had one of those big antennas outside the house. And we only had three channels growing up, uh, two, four, and five. Uh, Occasionally, if the wind was right, we could get channel three out of Savannah. And then Fox came on a little bit later when I was, uh, I think, early teens. Anyway, um, but two, four, and five were the three channels. And we were, like most people, I think, based on the ratings and and what I recall historically was that most people were channel five. And that was, you know, Charlie Hall told the weather. Uh, you know, Mm -hmm. you had Bill Sharp, you had Debbie Chard, you know, and then, of course, Warren Pepper was sports. And, man, the Friday nights wherever he would take that Channel 5 helicopter, that was the – you were it. If you got the host Channel 5 and Warren Pepper was landing that helicopter at your stadium, you know your team was legit and it was a big-time matchup. That was kind of the the hype game of the week. And, um, (laughs) you know, we always – where I grew up, the biggest rivalry uh to them at the time this was before Fort Dorchester even became a school in Stratford um uh, excuse me in Ashley Ridge and so Walterboro versus uh Somerville was always the last game of the season. and It was always the big rivalry, and uh, he covered that game a lot. Most of the people where I grew up always uh, to this day will tease him about being a Somerville homer. But, um, (laughs) you know, so I I do agree with that. I just, you know, so many of my memories were based on, you know, those folks here at Channel 5 just being around forever and ever and ever. Um, You know, I remember it being downtown. I remember when the studio and everything moved out to West Ashley, and then, of course, uh, the passing of Charlie Hall. But, uh, you know, I think still to this day one of the best shows you and I ever had was when we had uh, uh, Bill Sharp in here for uh, about 30 minutes of uh, <laughs> hilari- h- hilarity. It was so uh, so much fun. And, I, you know, I'm sure he's still uh, – I don't know if he's reached out yet, but he, I know he's interested in trying to get some uh, 50-yard line tickets. Maybe you can hook him up to a game over there at the Fort.
1: Man, I can get him better than that. I'll put him up at the top on the eye right there on the view. He may be one of those guys that he wants to get on the field. He'll bring William with him, man. We'll see what we can do. But uh, I I do want to thank Bill Sharp. He joined us here uh, about a month and a half ago during the COVID pandemic, and and he joined us and he shared so many great stories, and he had such a a touching story there uh, amongst many of those that he shared with us. But he's put in 47 years. I mean, there's people that are listening to this broadcast and aren't even close to 47 years old. And this man has worked at the station for 47 years. And, uh, you know, I've had an opportunity to talk to him on numerous occasions. I uh, personally reached out to him and said, hey, man, congratulations. And he's like, hey, whenever you want me back on the radio, I'm your guy. So he's looking forward to getting back and we'll get him back in here. And who knows, man, maybe I'll let him host the show in here. Who knows uh, what we can do. But it's always fun. To, to, to work with those guys over there, because again, you know, this is a this is a business that that again, we all work better together, and, and not everybody's on that page. Not everybody, for whatever reason, seems that they may be on a different cloud than others. But I'm going to tell you, when it comes down to the to the nitty gritty, as they would say, Channel Five's alive and uh, it's doing its thing. It is the number one station in Charleston. All right. Number two, of course, is Channel Two. How about that? And then Channel Four comes in behind those guys. But, you know, not that any of those guys are any better than anybody else. Statistically, you know, you just know that Channel Five has been around a long time. Channel Two has been around a long time. You know, Channel Two's been at that same spot for a very long time, right there at the foot of the bridge. But, uh, you know, all of those guys do so much. You know, the hours that they put in reporting in different areas, you know, taken away from their families. You know, you know, sports reporters. You know, they don't all just cover sports. You know, during this pandemic, they had to cover other things. And uh, that being said, you know, when you look down at it, you know, uh, you know, they had to go into to multiple areas of unfamiliarity of conversations and and do a great job. And I just want to thank all of those who take time to welcome me and, and and our family here on Southern Sports Central to your family, because it does mean a lot. And that's why we partner with so many great places like Live 5 News. Like, course, uh, around the South Carolina High School Blitz. Those guys do a great job. The West Foundation, of course, they have a show here as well. Uh, they do it tomorrow night. Of course, you can hear it right here on Southern Sports Central. Everett Sands, former running back for the Conway Tigers, the Citadel Bulldogs. He coached at the Citadel. He coached at South Carolina, Coast of Carolina, NC State, University of Texas, San Antonio. You know, so many opportunities, you know, he's had. And now he's brought all of those history moments and his resume right here to Southern Sports Central tomorrow night. Six o'clock. He's got a great list of guests. You want to check them out. It's a lot different than this show. It's a lot different than our Wednesday show and our Friday show and, of course, our Sunday show. It's a show that basically Eugene talks about finances and, and what you need to be doing financially to prepare yourself for life after a, not just football, any sport, because there is an expiration date on football. Ouch. I know it hurt to hear it, but it's true, not just because we're on the Internet. It's just an honest-to-God truth. That being said, when you look at it, here's the deal. Prepare yourself today so that you can enjoy yourself tomorrow. Now, of course, tomorrow is a new day. We'll have that conversation with him. He'll, of course, join us at 6 o'clock, and he'll do his own thing. Now, Eugene, before we go to a break in about six, seven minutes, man, um, you know you look around, and, of course, Clemson is going to be playing Miami. Game of, of course, uh, College Game Day is going to be in-house. I think it's a 7.30 kickoff. You think Clemson yeah, – you, you, You you think Clemson's going to walk in this one and do what they've been doing? Do you think Miami is actually going to show up and and bring some of that hurricane force winds with them and and put something on the Tigers? Or do you think this is just uh, another day in the office? What's your thoughts on this game before we get in here with the big man coming in from Charlotte?
2: Yeah, and I just actually tagged him and asked him the same question. Uh, My question to him was, you know, whether he thought the U was back. And, you know, my answer is going to be no. I think the U is back and I think, you know, they have a good shot of being the number two team in the ACC this year. Uh, I think Clemson is prepared. You know, they really haven't been tested a whole lot. Uh, let's face it. You know, they just haven't had a lot of competition They they've kind of pulled off the dogs a little bit. They haven't shown a whole lot. I mean, there's so much in the repertoire uh, of their offense that they just, you know, have, have not had to use. Um, I think, you know, this staff and especially this quarterback gets up for the big games this is a guy that went on the road as a true freshman and won a national championship beating Alabama so and not even in a close game he blew them out that game and uh I think it was one of the worst uh national championships that we've seen in the past other than when Alabama beat Notre Dame maybe But, um, you know, I really think uh, Clemson gets this. I think they win big. I think this is a statement game. You know, they finally got dropped in the rankings in in a little bit. I saw some of the the college postgame and pregame shows. And, you know, a lot of people had them at number two and Alabama at number one and I think that, uh, you know, Dabba will use this as some motivation as if, you know, he always tries to come up with a way every year to say, you know, nobody respects us. And I think, you know, uh, by them, you know, having this game day type game, uh, this is the second one for them this year. The first one was at Wake Forest. I really think that they look at this as a chance to come out and make that statement. I think they're on defense. I think they're going to chase that quarterback and probably force him into some decisions at Miami that he hasn't had to make yet. I think overall um you know they have the weapons you know they they finally started getting that um Emory Rogers kind of looked to me like he was back this week he didn't have the knee brace on he made some good pat, uh catches uh some good runs after the catch uh he able to he was able to break free get loose and uh always you know kind of put those hands on the ball so he looked good uh that that number 17 the big guy looked really well I can't remember his name um and then of course um that uh, the receiver that was filling in, um, he's kind of a big six-floor kind of possession guy. He looked really w- uh, well, and they said, you know, they expect him to start stretching the field because he's actually faster than what they originally thought. So, I really think Clemson just comes in. I, I really think they uh, probably put up a good mental point. I'm not saying that this is a game necessarily that we won't see Trevor in the fourth quarter, but I do think they probably win by about three scores.
1: Yeah, we'll wait and see. Of course, uh, just getting confirmation at 8 o'clock, it will be the brand-new offensive coordinator from the Fort, Fort Worchester's own Brent LaPrade, will join us at 8 o'clock. Confirmation also that Zoltan Osborne, his quarterback, will join us about 8, 15, 8 10, somewhere in that one. And uh, if you didn't see it, you missed it because this big man, he was serving pancakes during that game at the uh, – of course, uh, this past weekend, and that is Jordan – Richardson the kid is six foot three 300 pounds he's a left tackle and a guard 16 years old man he pushed the kid like the blind side he took him from the seven of the red zone into the back of the left side of that end zone and uh, we'll save that conversation for later but it was a huge play uh, we've got a few other patriots that are showing up this is what we're gonna do going forward we had coach Denny show up last Thursday he was of course um, our coach of the week and uh, he has done great things over there at Stratford, that was him coming out of a win, playing in that midnight mass, uh, midnight game at Somerville. After they waited for the rains to stop, they went in and were able to get a big win, and maybe their signature win of the season. We'll wait and see. Uh, of course, his team was our uh, winner of the game of the weekend. That game was the Somerville Stratford game in week one. Week two, as you as you hear, it was that of, of course, the Fort Worcester Patriots hosting. The Goose Creek Gators, the Gators come in ranked number seven at the time. Fort ranked number four at the time. And it was a very one-sided matchup. And, again, we won't get much into it. I can promise you that uh, these coaches are practicing as best as they can, doing the best that they can. I'm very fortunate to be a part of that Fort Orchester program, Eugene. And, uh, you know, you you will see, you will hear – And uh, you will learn a few things at 8 o'clock when uh, that head coach, by the way, excuse me, the offensive coordinator, I think he's got 98 points, 97 or 98 points in two games as an offensive coordinator. And he's been the defensive coordinator for a long time over there. So he got an opportunity to be the OC. And trust me, man, it looks like he's been doing this a long time, Eugene.
7: Yeah, well, he
2: certainly you know took over. He has a sophomore quarterback, a guy that you know kind of cut his teeth last year and and kind of uh, learned a little bit on the fly, you know. And, and uh, having gone against uh, offensive players for so many years and going against you know Ian Rafferty's offense, you know, he's kind of uh, had to learn how to scheme against it. And I think that's probably made him a better, even better offensive coordinator because he would know, you know, hey. If I'm running this, uh, I know what kind of guys are going to be screaming against me. So, uh, I think that's probably good, you know, uh, definitely beneficial to him. One thing I think we're seeing this year, you know, I think Zoltan's got a great arm. You and I saw him. Uh, I know you've got to see him in practice and whatnot, and I got to see him uh, up at the camp there in uh, North Carolina in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, he's got a great arm. He's got, you know, some good speed in, on his, uh, in his legs. He's uh, mm-hmm. a really athletic he's a guy that can move out of the pocket and get the ball to – down the field you know they have great running backs like you mentioned that big offensive line that he uh bought them a lot of pizzas and served them some pizzas recently but um i think they're just so balanced this year and i think it's it's he's showing it with great play calling kind of mixing it up uh they're definitely not just so run heavy is in the past. You know, the quarterback isn't looked at as like just another you know, running back. Definitely guy's going to chuck the ball when he can or when he needs to or when the play is designed for it. So, um, you know, I expect them to keep rolling. You know, you and I have talked about it. I don't really expect them to see much of a challenge, so to speak, or, or anyone that I think that can knock them off this year until they get to that lower state championship.
1: Well, we'll wait and see. Of course, we're excited to get that confirmation from the offensive coordinator from Fort Dorchester, Brent LaPrade will be joining us here for the first time of many times. We're excited to get Brent in here, Coach LaPrade in here, to talk about his schemes and his things and all the great stuff that they're doing over there at Fort Dorchester. This is breaking news. About eight minutes ago, Burns and Dorman has postponed for this weekend. Tentatively rescheduled for the 30th of October. I wonder if it has anything to do with this weather storm that's coming through. I don't want to speculate anything. I just know that is what I just saw Um, On the World Wide Web, there's a few games I'm hearing that are also part of some postponing that is going to be taking place. Hopefully, uh, well, we'll we'll wait and see how this thing works out. So now that could mean uh, even more. They are down in that 1030 date because it's going to be a little bit towards that end of the season. So, you know, that could mean different things. I mean, they about got players and health and, and, and things. There's so many things. That right now you would think that these guys would be at their healthiest because it's so early. That's the positive part. You know, that's one thing that uh, you know South Carolina, Steve Spurrier used to like to play the used to like to play Georgia early because he always made jokes about those guys being suspended early, but be full throttle towards the end of the year. So it's always a mind game. Always a mind game. Let's do this. Let's take a break. We'll come back and we're taking the bus from West Ashley's Live 5 Studio all the way up to Charlotte, North Carolina, with the man Walker. Jr. Guys, don't go anywhere. We'll check in with Mr. Reggie right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yalvin, alongside Eugene Benton, coming to you live from the Southern Sports Central Studios. Got a course, a, a couple things. Number one, we did get word that there is not going to be this weekend of a matchup that we thought we would see in Dorman and Burns. It has been postponed to the 30th. To the 30th. On that day is when they'll see some action, and then supposedly there's some other of happening around the low country, me, up in the state, as we're down the low country, in the upstate, some other postponements are taking place. So stay tuned. We'll be putting it out on our social media here throughout tonight's broadcast. Also during the broadcast, just got confirmation that uh, we will be on campus virtually, hanging out with the Fort Worcester Patriots after a big win on our game of the week, as uh, they took out the seventh-ranked. Goose Creek Gators, they were ranked number four going into that game, and it lived up to a lot of hype. Good news for Fort D. They end up winning it big. That being said, Brent LaPrade, the offensive coordinator, will join us at 8 o'clock. Zoltan Osborne will join us. He is the QB after that. Jordan Richards, he's that guy that was serving pancakes, 18-yard pancakes, pushing the cat all the way back to the end zone in the corner. He will join us around, well, 15. And then we will hang out with a strong safety, Khalid Gatson. He is a shutdown guy. He handles business in style. We're excited to get in here with somebody from the offensive quarterback side, the offensive line, defensive backside, and of course, their offensive coordinator. We're waiting. I thought we just had Reginald jump in here. I don't think he was able to get in, Eugene, but uh, we'll get him here in a minute. But man, what a g- breaking news coming out all the way out of That news in the upstate without Burns and Dorman, man, I guess all the attention is probably going to go to some of these games that we mentioned earlier.
2: Yeah, I just tried to find some of the stuff and see what's going on on on, uh, Twitter traffic. Hadn't been able to find anything uh, from the team specific uh, pages uh, or uh, Twitter pages, but um, wow, man, I know they were looking forward to that. You know, uh, as Cole had said earlier. You know, they considered it region championship week for Burns football, so um, you know that's that's it's a big blow. You know, you had you kind of get hyped up for something like this, and then um, you know it gets pushed off to uh, end of the month, and uh, you never know what can happen in between now and then. <clears throat> but they'll have to um, save that one for another day. Now, I am curious as to why you said you had mentioned some storms possibly or something like that. So, you know, I guess we'll just keep uh, keep our eyes to the. Uh, web here and see what we can see and see what we can uh, learn to see uh, or figure out why they decided to postpone that game. But, you know, this was a team, <laughs> when I was looking at their uh, previous score, 67 to 26, and You know, they just put up all these points after points after points, week after week on this offense. It's kind of scary. It's almost like uh, back to the Bentley days, you know, where it wasn't a thing for them to put up 70 and, you know, and have uh, Division One recruits all over the field. And you know, you just can, you know, I think if you look in the uh, South Carolina high school scoring um, records, pretty much every one for a quarterback is owned by a Bentley or or their step brother Chaz Dodd. And definitely for the uh, scoring offenses as well, most touchdowns no. in the game, and so it's a uh, you know. Now you're talking about overall. overall or are you teams.
1: talking about at Burns High School the record for the quarterback? No, right? overall in the state of South okay. Carolina, if you well, look at I the think, records. I think I think I think I think last year Wren's High School quarterback Mr. Joe, I think he knocked off one of those uh, one of those records last year. Might want to research that one there. I remember that was one well, of the yeah, conversations. Well, yeah, actually. He Yeah,
2: they haven't uh, updated the record since 2018, so it is two years behind. Gotcha. All
1: right, Eugene, we got to go to the hotlines, and we're hanging out in Charlotte, North Carolina, with that man, the myth, and a legend. I got to tell you, it's Reginald Walker Jr. time here on Southern Sports Center. What's up, Reggie?
8: What's up, guys? Sorry for the delay I had to. uh, As you know, I'm a uh, full-time television news producer. Uh, And so the president is now back at the White House. I had to show it to the good people in North Carolina. Uh, So that that delayed me slightly. He got back on the ground at the White House uh, about 6.55, 6.56 time frame.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. So here's some breaking news on top of some other news. Uh, When you look at everything – from uh, back into the world of sports, uh, Reggie. What's your thoughts uh, coming out of uh, another week of uh, college football? Now I know you're counting down the days, tick tock, tick tock, and that Big Ten making a uh, making an entrance here, almost like a battle royale. It's kind of what college football is becoming, right? Because you're going to get the Big Ten coming in, and then the Pac-12s going to come in. Now, what's your thoughts uh, out of another week of football and another weekend of the SEC kind of flexing, and some of them not so much?
8: Guys, I, I you know, I, and I tweeted this out today, and I would, I would ask anybody, um, and, and this is kind of a shameless plug here, but go to my Twitter page at rwalk13 and vote on this. I, I don't know who the hotter quarterback is in college football right now. I, I don't know if it's uh, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if it's Mac Jones down at Alabama or is it Kyle Trask down at Florida. I mean, all three of these guys are up over 70% completion percentage and at least six touchdowns. I believe Trevor Lawrence has one interception or zero interceptions. I think Mac Jones has one and Kyle Trask has two or Mac has two and Kyle has one. So between the three of those guys, we're looking at, uh, you know, a total of three interceptions and over 20 touchdowns and over 70% completions. I don't know who is hotter right now at the quarterback position uh, out of those three. So that's the number one thing you look at. And, and then secondly, uh, you start looking throughout the country who could be a spoiler, who could rise up. Uh, you got to go down to Dallas and look at SMU and what they're doing, the only team in the country at 4 and 0.
1: Very true. Now, let's give you a quick update on who he just mentioned. It is a, well, Wilson from BYU. He had six touchdowns and an INC. He's leading your poll right now with 42%. I just put in my vote, by the way, uh, and it is a tie with Jones from Alabama and Trash from Florida. Jones has six TDs and an INT. Trask from Florida has 10 TDs and an INT. They're tied at 29%. And ain't nobody loving on Trevor Lawrence. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because they've had basically three weekends. Yeah. I mean, they're not playing anybody. It's three off weekends. You're right. And I'm going to be honest with you, too. Reggie, I think they made more when they played less. In other words, did they really beat anybody, beat Wake Forest? Nope. They had to pace the Citadel to come play them. Nobody got, you know, again. And then the third weekend was a bye weekend. Guess what? Guess what? Here we go. Now we look at an off weekend where nobody got hurt, and then they just played, what, Virginia, and and they were tested. And I get they won, but I heard it wasn't great. I didn't get a chance to watch everything, but I heard it was a sloppy win, but, hey, a win's a win, and I get the Tigers are expecting to always be flawless. But the level, and that's my concern, is that the SEC, by them not playing, Reggie, an outside conference schedule, their strength and schedule is going to keep them in that top hunt to easily put three out of four teams in this final four. I just, that's just my thought. I to absolutely
8: your take. agree. Well, think about it. Um, as bad as Auburn looked on Saturday night, that's still a top 12 football team, top 15 football team. And the right. reason why is because they played the number four team in the country at the time, Georgia, and got dominated because Georgia is that good defensively. And so people ask the question all the time, when the SEC, lo- SEC loses, why don't they drop far? Well, if you're number seven and you're on the road at number four, let's call it what it is. Richie, Eugene, you ain't supposed to win. If you're number seven on the road at number four, that's the reason why you got a seven next to your name, and they got a four. So for everybody that's upset that Auburn didn't drop further, they weren't supposed to win. So, to your point, Clemson was supposed to beat the Citadel. They were supposed to beat Virginia. Now, I would argue watching the Virginia game, I would argue that Brent Venables didn't use much defensively. They were very, very bland uh, defensively from what I could tell. Now, I can't hear every call, but they seemed to be playing a lot of base stuff as if they were trying not to show anything. But, to your point, if you're going to be the number one team in the country consistently, you got to dominate consistently.
1: Hmm. Uh, that's exactly right. That's the thing. And that's where you're hearing a lot of smack from different people telling you this, that, and the other is that, look, you're not helping yourself, I don't feel, by picking up some of these smaller conferences. A, you're having to pay them to come. B, if somebody gets hurt. C, I mean, there's just it keeps going on and on. The, bigger, the biggest winner out of this entire conversation right now, as of right now, is that commissioner in the SEC that said, look, I get that South Carolina Clemson wants to play each other. Not on my watch, not at this time, and not this year. Ain't happening. It's an mm-hmm. SEC all year, all day, and the winners will win, the losers won't, and we'll just take our losses for the guys who fall out. Unfortunately, South Carolina, mm, not looking good, and we'll just move on past that. But did you see Arkansas? Where did that come from? Yeah. This guy goes into LSU, beats them, and then Arkansas comes in and wins that one. Is that what we're looking forward to this year, Reggie?
8: Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to the Mike Leach era in Starkville, Mississippi. (laughs) This is what Mike Leach does. You can go all the way back to Texas Tech. He finds a way to beat Texas that year. Remember two top five teams? He finds a way to beat Texas. He didn't find his way into the BCS. There's a reason for that. You go out to Washington State. He wins a couple of big games out there. Then they lose a bad one late. This is what Mike Leach does. Because of that offense, they can always score. And when they play some of the best, they if they get them on the right day, they just outscore right? They got LSU week one with a brand-new football team that didn't even have a chance to play the typical LSU opponent, Nickel State, McNeese State, uh, Louisiana. Uh, they didn't get to play – LSU didn't get to do any of that. All of a sudden, they got a lineup across from Mike Leach, the likes of which the league, the conference, from an offensive standpoint, has not seen a mind like that in terms of, the way they play with that air raid offense since all the way back to the How Mummy days uh, at Kentucky. So all of a sudden, with Tim Couch, so all of a sudden, 20-something years later, they see this offense again in a league that they haven't seen in a long time. And all of a sudden, they got to figure it out. Now, you could argue that Johnny Manziel and, and, and Texas A&M tried to do similar stuff uh, under Kevin Sumlin, but it, it's not to the way... That, that Mike Leach runs it, but this is what Leach does. They can have a great game offensively, and then they can give you a dud on the back end somewhere later when they absolutely got shut down by Barry Odom's defense at Arkansas.
1: We're live right now up in Charlotte, North Carolina with Reginald Walker, Jr. You may have known him if you're a Penn State Nittany Lion. Yep, that's that name and that number that you were watching on that TV that played for Joe Pod. Now he's running and producing big things up in Charlotte on the TV screens. And on Monday nights right here at 7 o'clock. He's hanging out with the gurus of Southern Sports Central. Uh, of course, now let's let's look over at some other football around. Uh, you got this weekend, Miami. Yeah, they actually have more fans in the stands. It's weird because it's COVID, but yet they have more fans with stipulations that are in place. That's kind of weird to me, but yet they seem to maybe have something going. Do they have enough at 730? Is that the closest they're going to be to beating the Tigers? Or do you think, honestly, that this is uh, a team that definitely is going to give the Tigers a fight come college game day over? And the, I guess, clock starts to tick for a 730 kickoff.
8: I, you know what? I'll tell you this, and 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 if you would have asked me this question last week, I would have told you there is no shot that Virginia that that uh, Miami has a snowball chance in this game to beat Clemson. And while in a lot of ways I still believe that, here's the problem, because again, as I mentioned, I don't know that Clemson showed a lot. Defensively in this game But let me give you a couple of things The quarterback from Virginia Brendan Armstrong Okay, This young man threw for almost 300 yards And ran for nearly 100 yards I'm going to tell y'all This is breaking news But not really (laughs) Brendan Armstrong Ain't no De'Eric King That's what I can guarantee you And that right there To me is a problem If I'm Clemson unless there was a whole bunch of stuff I just didn't use on Saturday night against Virginia. Because if I, if I really use the tools in my toolbox and really turn loose my athletes against Brennan Armstrong, that dude can't hold a candle to the athleticism, to the speed, to the playmaking ability of a guy like De'Aaron King. Do I think Miami's back? I'm not convinced. But if they go into Clemson and play well and potentially either, A, win the game, or at the very least, it comes down to the end then I may be willing to say that Miami is on the way back.
1: We're live right now, Reginald Walker Jr. We're talking ACC football right here at 7 o'clock segment. As we've covered the SEC, we'll probably touch a little bit more of that in just a minute. But, you know, you still look at this standings, and it's a little different this year, right, because there's not a left and a right or an up and a down or whatever. It looks like it's just one collaboration of everything. Duke, by the way, they're done. Wake Forest, they're done. Louisville, you're done. Florida State, you, you're done. I mean, there's so many done teams early in the season, which I, I think every yep. game is a playoff game, right? But who's not done? I would have never Some,
8: thought that NC State wouldn't, wouldn't be one of those included. How about
1: that? Two and one. And, by the way, uh, the offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator who was at Fort Orchester, who beat Goose Creek, by the way, in fashion, he's already – and he was at D.C. last year. Now he's the new offensive coordinator over there. He played over there. at uh, at NC State. We're going to talk some about that, but this cat is a brand new offensive coordinator. He's already hung 98 or 97 points in two games. By the way, they're ranked number four, Fort Norchester. They beat the seventh-ranked team like 56-15, or it it was just... I saw that
8: score. It was unbelievable.
1: And every game in high school in South Carolina, by the way, is a playoff game, and we'll talk about that before we get you out of here, too. Because I do got something. Don't let me get you off this air without talking about Mr. Hancock. I know we didn't get it last week, but we got to give him that love this week. But uh, stay up oh, with the I ACC. Oh, I got a little breaking news on that for you, too. I like that. I like breaking news. So, we'll get that in just a minute. Do you think – we already talked Clemson-Miami. Cover me with UNC, Virginia Tech, in, that's Notre Dame. Notre Dame, they're ranked fifth in the country, I think, right? Aren't they ranked at the highest – it's probably the yeah, highest. Yeah, they're been up in high. Place. They're up high. Right. Right. Well, this year they are in the ACC. Next year they're gonna take their ball That's back right. to to their field and they're not gonna play probably. But anyways, NC State's right there, two and one. Pitt, I didn't think Pitt would be in this conversation. So you look, no. you've got 6, five, six, seven. Seven teams arguably that are gonna have a lot of conversation in the next two to three weeks. What is your thoughts on everybody under Clemson and Miami?
8: I I, th- I think this is this is this week right here. Um we're going to find out if Mac Brown is building it and they're legit on the way up, or if Justin Fuente has figured it out. It's really that simple. Whoever wins this game between Virginia Tech and, and, and North Carolina and Chapel Hill, we're going to know who is legitimately on their way up in this league and, and ready to, to really push their program to another level. Fuente's had his issues. I know at one point he had issues with alumni and some of the former players. Then he was having some identity issues in terms of the team. Do they want to run the football? Do they want to be pass happy? I think he's starting to find a happy medium. They've got a couple of really good running backs that they can pound the football with, which that's what you're going to need, right, in Blacksburg, Virginia, in November. If you can't run the football in November in Blacksburg, you're going to get beat, period, because the weather says it's not going to be easy to throw the ball 45, 50 times. Well, it's still October, and they got to go to Chapel Hill. Will Sam Howe be ready to deal with this defense? And here's the thing. <clears throat> this Virginia Tech defense, over the last couple of weeks, they've gotten deeper because they've been without player after player after player, particularly in the secondary. They were concerned they had enough guys to just play this past week, let alone win the game. Then they win the game. Now all of a sudden you've got a top 15, top 20 matchup heading into Full Hill this weekend with the Hokies coming in town. And I'll tell you what, it's two programs that want to be on the up, that want to be in the mix to be right behind Clemson. Well, you're going to find out real quick this weekend which one of them is legit and which one of them is not.
1: No doubt. And i tell you what, you look at NC State's another team for me that I, you know, remember, they hit very hard by that word we don't use on this. We don't use that kind of dirty talk over here, Reggie. And, uh, but they were hit very hard. They literally sent their kids home. The entire campus went home. Football, that's basketball, right. badminton, water polo, Marlboro racing—they all had to go home, and here they are sitting at two and one. Two and one—that's to me—that's—that's that's wild. That shows. Just imagine what this team could be like had they have a normal season, had they have some of that normalcy that they're getting now, and stride is starting to come a factor. And again, you know, with this right here—I mean, if there was ever a year, Reggie, that this would be an unusual situation. This is that year, and I think you'll see it right there. Any other headliners outside of the ACC, the SEC? I mean, boy, the Big 12, what a hot mess, right? I mean, your thoughts on the Big 12? Uh,
8: It's an absolute debacle. Um, Once again, Tom Herman and Texas, every resource that you can possibly have, and they still can't find a way to win football games. Now, on the flip side of that, on another program before the year started, Somebody asked me, who should we keep an eye out for that may make some plays and make some noise late in the year in terms of teams? And I said, keep your eye on a great coach, in my opinion, and Gary Patterson and TCU. And what did they do? They willed their way to a victory against Texas on Saturday. Oklahoma loses a second game. The Big 12 is a mess, and the problem is, and Gary Patterson, I guess, said this today, why is it that the world thinks the Big 12 is bad because Texas and Oklahoma are not good? Well, the problem is those are the brands that people know. Mm-hmm. But those two programs consistently, particularly Texas, consistently underachieves. Now, Oklahoma, they've, they've got the same problem, in my opinion, that they've had. And they can keep changing defensive coordinators all they want. Uh, before, uh, you know, under Bob Stoops, they, they had different guys. And now they've got Alex Grinch, who came from, uh, Washington, who was uh, uh, under uh, Chris Peterson out there um, and, and, and all that, and I get all that. But at the end of the day, Oklahoma needs to step up on defense, period. They, they've they got to get better. they got to learn how to stop people. And Texas, my goodness, Texas, I stop telling me how good your recruiting class is. Tell me when you're going to win a game. Tell me when you're going to develop a player. Tell me when, because, oh, by the way, Who's the other quarterback I mentioned when we talked about those four at the beginning of the, of the segment, Shane Buchel got ran out of Texas for Sam Ellinger. Mm. Meanwhile, Bouchel's sitting there, I think eight touchdowns to two interceptions and he's four and oh, Sam wow. Ellinger continues to underachieve at the university of Texas. I don't want to hear any more nonsense about the mm. burn orange because all you need to put on their foreheads is underachieving.
1: Wow. And you heard it right here. And Don't on get Southern... me started on
8: the coaching situation
1: because Charlie
8: Strong took over a disaster and he got ran out of there pretty quick. I mean, how much longer for Tom Herman to keep underachieving?
1: You think he's thinking twice about taking that job and not coming to the University of South Carolina, though? Honestly, I mean, if I'm him and it was a uh, yes. done deal, all but a done deal, right? He takes the job at South Carolina. A, I think South Carolina's a better program. I think he's a better fit for the Gamecocks. And there's not nearly as much pressure. You and I both know that. But Will Muschamp not the answer. Like Will, don't mind sitting down having lunch with Will. I just don't think he's the right fit. Doesn't mean he's not a great coach. He's just not a great coach for the Gamecocks. Same goes for Tom Herman. I just don't think he's not a bad coach. I just don't think he's a good fit for Texas. So could we do this? The reason I bought the Gamecocks in. Segway here, Reggie. At one point, there was a guy named Matt Brown. His defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. Will Muschamp. It ain't working for you, mm-hmm. Texas, and it ain't working for us, South Carolina. Can we do like a wife swap but do a coaches swap? Can we give him back, Will, and can we get Tom? Let's try that. It is 2020. Everything's awkward. Let's just do that. What do you think of that?
8: I, I think that would be a uh, – I actually think that would be a really good thing uh, for Tom Herman. Uh, I really do. I think here's the thing with Tom Herman, and I'm not going to sit here and say I know the guy personally because I don't, Uh, but from everything I know and understand, he's not, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's not a, he's kind of a prickly personality. Um, And down at Texas, you got to shake hands and kiss babies, man. That's it. I mean, you got to shake hands and kiss babies and win. At South Carolina, in Columbia, they don't need Will Muschamp to shake hands and kiss babies. They don't need Will Muschamp to be nobody's best friend. They want him to win ball games. Mm. And I think that would be a good fit for Tom Herman to just go into Texas, or I'm sorry, go into Columbia, put his head down, keep his mouth shut, and try to win football games. I think he'd be in a better situation than a place like Texas. Man, There's too many people that you got a glad hand. There's too many people that are showing up here, there, and everywhere, asking for this, telling you to do that, slinging a check or money around if you don't do this or that. That's a whole different deal down there in Austin, man. I wouldn't want that job.
1: Nope. And you watched it with a coach who everybody knew, Charlie Strong, was there's no way in the world you're that good at Louisville. You go into Texas and it fall apart that bad. It is an internal situation that is way way above any head coaching job, and you're seeing it with Tom Herman, who they paid big dollars to get that dude not to go to South Carolina. But I like that. Eugene, you can quote that, by the way, because Eugene, by the way, is running the boards over there at So Sports Central. As you make your statements, he's retweeting those comments. And I think as a wife swap goes, so should go a coaching swap. Why not? I mean, that's where Will wanted to be anyway. He was a coach in waiting. Why? No, wait no more. how they say? say less my friend i introduce you to you you to you uh before i get you out of (laughs) here man talk to me man my dude i gotta tell you i've seen this kid i've seen him hurting i've seen him smiling which everybody does because i think daryl hancock jr is the most smiling cat you will ever meet and i think you can vouch for that but that cat i remember sitting beside him in the weight room in the spring of his going into senior season, I said, Brother, this is your team. It is on your shoulders. Literally, you are the man with the plan, the running back back there for the uh, Somerville Green Wave. He then went on, took that summer, worked harder than I've ever seen a cat work in the weight room on the football field. He grinded. He's the last young man at Somerville to rush for a thousand yards. He then took that opportunity, walked on to a campus that you know a little bit about, and the rest. Well, tell the story there, buddy. Let me hear about my man over there at that school doing big things,
8: Reggie. Well, i tell you one big thing, and and I'll give you guys this. I I got this information about 6 o'clock today. Uh, Gardner-Webb is is looking at playing at least a couple of games this fall. Uh, They're looking at November. Remember, the Big South had decided as a conference that they weren't going to play any games. Uh, Obviously, Campbell played a few games earlier this year. Uh, Really, just three games in three weeks against – Power Five, I'm sorry, uh, FBS opponents. I think they just coach Mentor wanted to get those guys on the field. Looks like Gardner Webb is going to do the same thing, which includes, to your point, DJ Hancock, who, if memory serves, about three weeks ago they announced he's on full scholarship at Gardner Webb as well. So, and, and I can tell you in the release that they dropped today, he is mentioned um, in the discussion of in terms of the running back position and, and, and guys that they expect to contribute. Uh, at that position under a new head coach in Trey Lamb. Uh, he's a first-year head coach. They didn't get a spring, pr- they didn't get any spring practice. Obviously, they've had no games this fall. Uh, they have been practicing a little bit, but it looks like they're going to play at least two games uh, potentially in November. Uh, so, DJ Hancock, for all the folks down in Somerville and, and all his family members down in South Carolina, uh, you're going to at least get a chance to see him a couple of times. Uh, and, and to add to it, if you're not able to catch him on TV, Uh, You can pull up the radio feed. I'll be on the call talking about it anyway.
1: Make sure, no matter what you do, if you would do me a favor, dab him up, hug him up, even though I know COVID, COVID, 2020, whatever, whatever. Do what you got to do, but you make sure that he he gets something, uh, be it a fist bump or whatever. You tell him I, I, I said congratulations. I talked to him when the news came out that day, thanks to you releasing that information to me, and then I put it out all over social media, and his dad called me right away. Matter of fact, it's his cousin is a Hancock in the state of Georgia that was committed to Clemson, decommitted from Clemson, and is now heading to uh, Ohio State. Did you know that? I didn't know if you were aware of the connection of family ties there.
8: I did not know they were cousins. I did hear um, that there were other athletes in the family, but I did not know that they were direct cousins. Well, that they are, brother. Uh, I got to
1: get you in and out, and I appreciate all that you do for us here On the show, I got to get you down here. By the way, find a Friday night that you can squeeze out of Charlotte. I'm going to give you a couple of games. One of it is the Somerville game. They'll be hosting that one over at the Fort. I'd love to have you in town for that one. Or when we go to, and I know you'll like this one, To Berkeley. Yep, they're going to be going up to Berkeley at the end of the year. I think you would enjoy that game as well, buddy. But uh, I'd love to get Mm. you down here for Friday Night Lights, man. You're very familiar with Berkeley, and you're very familiar with North Charleston and Somerville, man. I just think it'd be a good opportunity for you to come down here. And you know we're going to go to Halls and Eat. You've got to go to Halls and Eat, brother. I got you. Got to go eat. Got to go eat. (laughs) Man, I appreciate everything you do, man. Uh, Any words of wisdom before we get you out of here? Something that you can leave us with so we can – Remember that going into the rest of the week, my man.
8: Yeah, I would just tell everybody, you know, listen, just just be smart, be safe. Uh, enjoy every aspect of your life that you can, but just do it uh, with the utmost, you know, responsibility in mind. And look, at the end of the day, if you can't decide what to do on a Saturday, just watch a whole bunch of football because it's all over the TV. And there's only there's only more coming. So with that, guys, I appreciate you. Great talking to you as always. I'll talk to you next Monday. Again, tell the people, check me out on Twitter at rwalk13. I'll let you know where I'll be. Until then, we are. There you go,
1: ladies and gentlemen, the man, myth, and a legend right here on Southern Sports Central. That is Reginald Walker, Jr. We'll uh, ask you to go over there at So Sports Central. He has currently, right now, uh, that poll going. We uh, retweeted it out there. We put it out there for everybody to watch. And, uh, of course, he's uh, ready to rock and roll. Uh, To get some of those answers and we'll kind of keep them up to date with that We got to take a quick break because we're going to take the bus all the way from Charlotte, North Carolina We're heading into Columbia with the one and only Mike Uva from Watch Fox 57 That's right. He's also part of a big Friday Night Lights guys He does it with a buddy of ours who comes on this broadcast as well Mike hang tight. We're taking a quick break. We're coming back with the man in the capital city. That's Mike (laughs) Uva
3: The bad boys harassment. Just in competition when the war is their mission. Not no mercy. See the race by the street. If you don't know, you better find out the wolf pack. Here's a little point number one. Just believe that you don't want to test with them. I'll be able to them, I'm Coming to bring with them, you know. And hey welcome
1: back everybody I'm Richie i alongside Eugene Benton. I want to thank the man up in Charlotte North Carolina Reginald Walker Jr. joins us. As he always does at 7 o'clock on a Monday evening, touching it all the way from uh, the Queen City in North Carolina to the capital city in South Carolina, we go to Mike Uva. He is with Watchbox 57. What's up, Big Mike? Mike, you got us, buddy? You there? Eugene, I'm going to get you to take him to the green room, my friend, and see if you can get Mike to chime in here with us. Uh, we're just uh, kind of waiting to see if we can catch in with Mike here in just a few minutes. He's uh, trying to log in, trying to get in here with us as he's coming to us all the way, all the way from uh, the capital city. That's well, not that far from us here in Somerville. That's about an hour and, well, 30 minutes, give or take, depends who you're driving. If you're getting there in an hour, buddy, you got some speed under your wheels. If you're getting there in a couple of hours, well, you're Sunday cruises, so anywhere between there, we're going to give you the green light and the okay to do it. So, uh, Eugene, I'm going to get you, kind of bring you back in. I'm trying to get him to a uh, k- couple different angles here, man. But you heard a lot of what Reggie w- was talking about there, right? You heard a lot of what he was talking about, bringing in certain things, doing certain things. You know, y- your thoughts uh, on some of the things he had to talk about, the Big 12 being kind of a big mess. And I got to ask you first. What do you think about that? You think that wife swap slash AKA coach and swap, good idea. What's your thoughts on that first?
9: Yeah. um,
2: And actually too, I had some insider information at the time uh, that I did know it was going to be Tom Herman. um, And actually before the year before that, it was, it was going to be Kirby smart. I just had some insider information on that. I, I know the plane that was being used to, um, go forth and, and meet with uh, Coach Herman there in Houston. Um, and the deal was about, I think it was four, either 3.8 or 4.2 uh, was was the annual salary um, that was offered. I think it was 4.2 was going to be offered to Herman uh, for the South Carolina job. Um, I was a big Herman fan. He's a stats guy. He's an analytics guy. He uses a lot of the same stuff that they used at Ohio State and Clemson as far as the technology and game prep. Um, you know, and I, I just thought, you know, here's a young guy, here's a good fit. Um, you know, South Carolina just has this history of recycling coaches. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. I just really wish they would take a chance. You know, I've heard rumblings about, uh, you know, a possibility of, of going after Stoops if it doesn't work out with uh, Muschamp. You know, and, and I'm thinking, you know, you go right up 77, there's a great young head coach in Charlotte. There's one over in uh, Boone, North Carolina. In a, or, and there's one over in Atlanta that I don't think got a fair right. shake. Hey,
1: um, real quick, Eugene, uh, let's go real quick to the hotline because I don't yep. want to burn any time with Mike Uva, who's now joined us all the way from the capital city of uh, South Carolina. Mike Uva, he is from Watch Fox 57 joining us here live on Southern Sports Central on a beautiful Monday night matinee, of course, uh, catching up with us on all the Midland sports. Mike, what's up, big man? Still trying to get Mike in here with us, Eugene. I'm going to get him to reach out to you, let you guys uh, – let you kind of merge the, the call there on this one. It seems like that that seems to be the best angle to do this on. Uh, so uh, we'll kind of wait and see what we got here. Of course, uh, you got to love live radio, got to love that internet stuff, but uh, we're going to give it one more angle here. But, uh, Eugene, go ahead and talk. And, again, when you see that number coming up on your side, just merge them in with us, buddy. But finish your uh, finish your statement. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, we'll do. And, and you know, one of the other things that uh, you guys talked about was the quarterbacks and who you guys thought was the, you know, the best quarterback. And I saw his poll, and I did vote for. I put in the Homer pick for the Florida guy, <laughs> but also did a comment on there for Trey Nance. And uh, a lot of yeah. people may or may not know Trey Nance and who that guy is. Uh, he's a co- uh, quarterback up in um, up in the Dakotas. Uh, here's a guy who's uh, never thrown an interception in college football. And it's amazing right. to, to look at the stats, and you know a lot of people compare him to a Carson Wentz. Although I saw some of the draft prospect guys saying that he could be the number two quarterback taken in the draft, uh, that he's actually much more like a um, an Andrew Luck rather than a Carson Wentz. So you know I put in I put in a word I put in a comment to the uh, poll uh, that to give uh, Trey Nance some some love because. He's certainly talented, um, and like I said, you know, one of the things you look at for a quarterback is, you know, can they complete it to the receivers, and they can, can they complete it just to our team? And he definitely checks both of those boxes. He's got great size, great athleticism, wins games. And, yeah, sure, it's not going to get a whole lot of love because of the conference he plays in and, and you know, the being the small school up in the Dakotas. <clears throat> but, you know, Carson did really well. Um, you know, I think it, uh, he may have, They've done really well earlier in his career. I'm not really sure what's up with, with uh, the Eagles now. Maybe it not, may not be just a quarterback situation, but, you know, he was doing really well until he got hurt. And, of course, everybody knows what happened. Foles comes on, leads him to a Super Bowl. Um, yep. And then, you know, I guess the Eagles still think that, that he's better than Foles because they let Foles go. Now Foles is with right. uh, the Bears, I believe.
9: So, um yep.
1: Hey, real quick, let's go over here. I believe I've been able to find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. And I had a will, so here goes our way here. We now bring in the man known as Mike Uva from, of course, like I mentioned, the Queen City of Charlotte with Reginald Walker Jr. to the capital city in the state of South Carolina in Columbia with Watchbox 57. He covers the uh, action on Friday nights as well over there. Uh, Mike, what's going on, big man?
10: I'd be in a better move if Brian
1: Flores move the ball tonight for my Patriots. I'll say that for sure. <laughs> hey, I'm a Green Bay Packer man, dude. So I'm just sitting back. I, you know, I know a few people, and I just said, "Look, my show doesn't go over till nine. Can you push it back ten minutes?" And they said, "Sure." And I understand that it is moved back to nine ten kickoff Eastern Standard Time. I thought that was pretty pretty neat, and I actually had put it out on a tweet earlier today, just joking. And I know it had nothing to do with me, but I'm going to act as if it did.
10: No, and the way in the way this Patriots game is going right now, another field goal, so it's it's six nothing Kansas City. So Patriots defense stepping up, but unfortunately without Cam Newton, and you know even though you have a veteran guy like like Brian Hoyer, it's gonna be tough to move the ball uh, when that offense is completely different when Cam Newton's out there. So, but you know, the, I guess you could say that the same is, is like that for a lot of high school teams because yep. you know with, with coming up here and there, I mean you have to make a lot of adjustments on the fly sometimes and. Um, like we've seen in the first couple of weeks, you know public school just started, but a lot of these teams are having to adjust, you know, in some shape, way, or form.
1: Yeah, did you see the news that broke out about 20 minutes, maybe 25 minutes ago? I believe it's going to be a delay between uh, that of the Burns Rebels and Dorman Cavaliers. These guys were going to play Friday night. They have now been moved back to October 31st or the last Friday of October. Have you guys gotten any word on that, or, or do you know why it might have been postponed?
0: I have
10: not. Um, Dorman's not in our area, but I know that, uh, you know, Sweet Lou um, uh, he put something out just just a little while ago, retweeting what Dorman Radio put out. So I'm sure that's uh, either the message that you saw or you heard something, you know, similar. Right. They, they put it out there. And, you know, like we're seeing right now, and that's the other thing that's, that's tough between college and high school, especially with high school, right? Because you're dealing with kids. Uh, kids. I mean, you're dealing with kids, but you're dealing with people that are 18 years or younger, and you're not going to, you know, put out these, these the names, right? Uh, so, you know, and rightfully so, I think. So that's the challenging part. So we don't know, you know, we're not we're not to go down the rabbit hole of asymptomatic and this and that and sure. create a popsicle headache for your listeners, but I mean that's the reality. Of it, we just don't know. All it takes is one or two tests to pop up, mm. and they're going to shut down. We've seen that already with a couple schools. Westwood just did it tonight. Today, you know, they're, they're shutting their game down this week. So um, this is something that's not going to be. Uncommon, and I think we kind of expected that, knowing the rest, especially when public school football came back, just because with private school, with Giza, those numbers in terms of the number of football players you have, it's so much smaller. It's more contained. I'm sure. not saying that it's, it's it's not impossible to be able to, to get a guy uh, to, to catch the virus, but the reality is when you have so much more students around, you go into class, and some you know, this is what's going to happen. This is just the reality of it.
1: Yeah, right. No doubt. We're live right now with Mike Hoover from Watch Fox 57 out of the capital city of South Carolina up in Columbia talking about uh, the word that we don't like to use, but it is a reality because, well, it's something that we're dealing with not only here, but uh, the conversation I heard on another program uh, was uh, would that start to be a conversation in the NFL? Would they do a reset? because of so many numbers that are being out there. Uh, and again, I don't want to talk too much about it, but just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean it's not reality, right? I mean, I think that we'd be kind of foolish not to at least hear it and and, and at least pay attention to it. You know, my thing is is it seems kind of ironic that upstate seems and the state of South Carolina has been hit pretty hard. Even some schools in Columbia have been hit pretty hard. But around the Grand Strand or maybe down in the low country, numbers just aren't there, and I don't want to jinx anybody, so I'm going to hit some wood here, but you know, Mike, what's your thoughts on the breakouts in certain pockets, and yet not seeing it in other pockets, when we have large schools, like you see Somerville, you see Fort Norchester, Wando is the largest high school in the state, uh, why aren't there big breakouts down in certain pockets, like down here?
10: I think that's a tough thing to ask, just because you just, you don't know in terms of, you know, how frequent people are getting tested, right. you know how free- or at least the amount of, of pop-up spots to be able to get tested throughout the capital city here in Colombia. Uh, so I think there's just—I'm not going to say there's more resources, but I think there's just more. There's more tests that are taking place, and that's just—you know—I I don't have the numbers in front of me, and I'm sure someone will be like, "Well, no, this is—I'm not a doctor. I <laughs> right. don't follow that as closely as, the new, as our news side does here. You know, uh, there's a reason I cover sports, but that would be—that would be one guess." Um, and I think the other thing too is just because there's there's just more people here mm-hmm. uh, in Columbia, in this Columbia area, and all it takes, you know, I, I keep comparing it to like a beehive, just you know, indexing the hive, uh, infecting the hive. All it takes is one person, and you know, the more foot traffic that you have in a in a bigger city, it's likely that things are going to pick up, especially with how loose the rules are down here. Right. Um, you, know, up, um, you know, up you know, up 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 north in Massachusetts. They've been very strict with their mask rules. And I know with high school football, they push things back and they're calling it spring one, spring two. So you think it's cold playing football down here in October, imagine what it's going to be like, or I should say November, December, imagine what it's going to be like when football starts up for high school in Massachusetts in February. That's what mm. their plan is. right? That's yeah. going to be spring one. So um, they're, they're changing things up, just like we've seen throughout the rest of the country as well with the state. So. Um, uh South Carolina, I, I had a feeling that they were going to do whatever they could to get a season in. And I'm not saying, like, like you mentioned, you know, press reset button in the NFL. I can't see that necessarily happening. But with high school, I think it's a possibility. I right. think it's a true possibility, especially with public schools being back just because the numbers, how large they are, this is inevitable. That's going to continue to happen throughout the season.
1: You know, my thing is, is we're live right now with Mike Uva from Watchbox 57 in Columbia. He's not a doctor, but he did stay in a Holiday Inn last night, so we can at least let him play the role if need be here tonight. But that being said, Mike, you know, I, I thought that maybe that's why they wanted to have Region play, and I was kind of shocked when when Regions weren't all pushed towards the front of the season. In non-region games, two or three, whatever you ended up getting, no more than three, no less than one or maybe none. But I thought that was kind of the goal, was to play all the region games early, and if need be, take a few weeks in between that and the playoffs because it was a guarantee, locked-in kind of conversation. We didn't really need the non-region games with this number one and number two out of each region and classification getting in. You know, uh, your thoughts on some of that when it comes down to, of course – how this is going to work because I see some regions or some teams in regions are almost done playing region play while others still have two or three ahead of them before they can even think about sitting guys out uh, for non-region games going into the playoffs.
10: Of course it's apples to oranges. It's not going to be the exact same, but I, I look at the comparison to college football and why the SEC and some of these conferences like the big 10 wanted to go to an all conference slate. I know the ACC, of course, uh, they still had at least one non-conference game. But the ability that it gives you is that everyone's on the same page. And I think, unfortunately, with high school, uh, you know, people they had different opinions on this, you know, with the virus. And people still do have different opinions on this. And what I've noticed throughout this entire process, um, whether it's Healthcare on a high school league, you know, and you can kind of hop around and kind of just, you know, point out, okay, this person, no one really, to me, it felt like no one was on the same page. Um, for quite some time. And I think everyone was kind of trying to wait and try to play the waiting game and see what the governor was going to do before making a decision because no one wanted to be the bad guy. I understand, look, Jerome Singleton, there's a reason why he's there and he gets paid the money to be able to make those decisions. And God bless him for the decisions that he's had to make without this entire thing and the committee um, around him. But that's the reason you get paid the big bucks for that. I mean, that's just the reality of, I mean, like I said, thank God that I'm not handling the situation that he's had to deal with these last couple of months. But I, I just felt like people just were not all in sync on this. And, you know, fortunately, you've been able to get some high school football games in. And I think that's great regardless of if you're able to even have a playoff in the state championship, which I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but I think more than anything, especially for these seniors to be able to get out there and play a couple of games, because like we said, who knows? We don't know anything. I mean, like, this, is, this has been going on for, for almost a year, and I feel like we still don't know really what's going on, ultimately. So um, I think, yes, yeah, I think it would have been great if, if everyone was on the same page with things, but, you know, they weren't. And like you said, because of that, you're going to have, just like what you're going to see with college football when the other conferences start to come back in that haven't started yet, things aren't going to be all even. Nothing's right. going to be fit. That's just the reality of it. So uh, I, I, I don't know how that will – impact playoffs in terms of the structure with the, with the seeding. And I just, it's nothing is going to be ideal this year. I wish I had the, the, the the answer for you, the perfect answer, the perfect solution, but I feel like there's not a perfect solution and there's not a perfect answer. And I'm just thankful that I'm not on that committee that has to decide, okay, how are we going to figure this out? Because it's not going to be ideal by any means.
1: Yeah. You're not going to make everybody happy. It's just the reality part. You got that many numbers as we're live right now with uh, Mike Hoover, from Watchbox 57 in the capital city, Columbia, South Carolina's own of course does a phenomenal job covering it in the Midlands, and when we get that lucky chance, we get them in here on Southern Sports Central, as we have here on a Monday night matinee. Now, Mike, you guys are playing some football, and uh, there are some new horses running. One of those is Perry Parks. Those guys, man, they got some dogs over there. Give me, I know that we're going to talk Dutch before, because they're still playing football, so that will definitely hit the conversation in the next 12 minutes, but with that, who are some other guys along with them? Uh, what, what is it after two weeks of football that you've learned uh, down or around the Midlands?
0: Oh, man. I mean, yeah, like, like you
10: said, I mean, you always have to start with Dutch Fork. But in terms of 5A ball, and I know I mentioned this when, when I was on the, um, the show back, uh, i say the summer. I mean, it feels like it's forever ago. Sumter, <laughs> Sumter fighting Gamecocks. The team's only had one loss last year. They went under in the regular season. They lost in the playoffs. Uh, They're a team that, you know, has some pretty good running backs. And I know I've mentioned this name before in this program, but Nathan Harris-Waynick, just a tremendous story for those who don't know about him, you know, was in and out of an orphan home for the first 12 years of his life, transferred over last year and rushed for over 1,000 yards as a backup running back. Well, he's just been doing phenomenal work uh, these last two weeks to get the season going for the fighting Gamecocks. So definitely a team you want to keep an eye on. I, I definitely think that they're a team that can make a run and obviously a very, very difficult um, 5A class, uh, but that's definitely one team you want to keep an eye on. You know, going down into 4A, AC floor, I mean, holy cow. What, what? <laughs> the, the amount of points, and no disrespect to R&E, they should have been able to take care of them, but to score 42 points in the first quarter last week, it, it's just phenomenal. Um, they are a team that can beat you – Multiple ways. So they can run the football. They can throw the football. Their defense is still coming along, um, but I think their thing is if they can just protect the football. I had a chance to call their game um, on, on our Friday night rivals a game that we, we could telecast on our digital channel here at Watch uh, just two weeks ago against Westwood in their opener. They had a couple plays where were floppy, whether it was you know bad snaps or you know losing the football, uh, you know putting the ground ball. Fortunately, we weren't able to. We didn't turn turned over, but that's the only way this team is not going to make a deep run to playoffs if they just shoot themselves to the foot because they just have all the ingredients of a championship team.
7: And there's, I mean, I know it's
10: not easy in that 4A either, but floor has been very, very impressive to watch right out of the jump.
1: Well, live right now with Mike Uva. Of course, he covers all the high school sports up there in Columbia for Watch Fox. 57 and he talked about that friday night lights that he gets a chance to do and he does it with stacy huff if i'm not mistaken man i tell you what i got a chance before you guys were covering some of the Skeezer games and i just sit back and watch man i tell you what for those who think they can do what we do and i get the chance to do it uh on the tv screen for the fort norchester patriots which by the way keep your eye on the patriots these guys are they seem to have a pretty good situation coming on down here in north charleston Uh, Man, isn't it quite the preparation? Somebody asked me the other day, Mike, what is it like to broadcast on TV or even on the radio? I said, well, if you ever watch an air traffic controller where there's papers flying everywhere, it's kind of like that because there's always something new happening after every play. What's your thoughts on doing what we get to do on Friday nights?
0: Well, it
10: reminds me so much of being able to go back and play football in college Uh, at the beginning of the week. You know, your positional coach would sit you down in the in the meeting room and he'd give you the sheet and it break everything down. It have everything's in, every, every information that you would want to know and even in stuff. I mean, uh, the first the first coaches I had would have sometimes details about family members and stuff. I mean, I mean, it all got really deep. Uh, of course, it's not as deep when you're doing a high school football game like that because you're not going to have to get in people's heads as much. Uh, but I'm just you know, kind of pulling the curtains back to give people an idea of what college football was all about. But um. In terms of this, yeah, I mean, the preparation, you know, our Friday night rivals team, this is their sixth year doing it, and this is my first year being part of the, the broadcast crew, and um, I'm fortunate to do a couple games this season. You know, last week uh, stayed back and, and shot some games to be able to help us out back home now that public school football is going on, to be able more games to shoot. But being able to just see the work that they put in, I mean, Tuesday night they go out there, they go to the, the field, they set everything up so that Friday night you're ready to go. You know, we we're talking trailers, we we're talking more cable cords than I can even tell you in terms of the, the, the amount of miles that they have put out there for a high school production, which is just insane uh, how much that, they, that goes into it. But for me, be, being able to talk to the coaches, uh, you know, either on Wednesday, Thursday, going through all my notes and being able to watch this film, I mean, that, that's, that's what makes me excited, is just being able to go back and be able to watch film again. Um, like I'm back in college because, you know, a lot of times I had to hop around and shoot different games, about two or three games um, usually, but this year being able to just broadcast the game, oh, it's been great just to sit in one spot and be able to watch a game from start to finish. So, but there's no question about it. There's a lot of work that goes into it from the preparation standpoint. When you're in the booth, I wouldn't say that's the toughest part. I feel like the preparation part mm. is the toughest. Once you get, once you're up in the booth, once the red light's on, if you know what you're talking about in terms of everything that you went through during the week of talking to the coaches and you know your material, you're going to be fine. But it goes back to the preparation part, just like anything.
1: Like no doubt about it. Being former athletes like yourself, myself, and others that do this job makes it a little bit easier because we kind of know the questions. We kind of look into the conversation. There's always a story, whether you're on one side of the field or the other side of the field, and it's always good to have those stories ready to be told on the air as well. You mentioned college, so let me give you just a few minutes before I get you off with us here. Uh, the Gamecocks, that's right there in your backyard, man, I tell you. And I am an alum. I'm a big-time Gamecock guy in multiple ways. I, I don't know what's going on, Mike. I got to ask you, man, what, what's happening with these Gamecocks, and uh, do we see something turning around here pretty quick before we get too deep in the season?
10: I think right now you just, you're trying to just learn how to win. I know that sounds really – vanilla in terms of just giving you an
11: answer, but I think if you're a Gamecock fan or if you've just watched this team over the last couple of
10: years, I think it's evident when you watch them, even when things are going well, right, you just kind of get this feeling in your stomach, when is everything going to hit the fan? And when is things just going to kind of fall apart? So we knew this week, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup against Florida. You go right down the field, you're able to score that opening drive. I don't think a lot of people kind of looked at it like, alright, this one, this, one's going to be, this one's going to be fairly easy for Gamecock, right? You knew Florida was going to get their point. I think South Carolina, for the most part, they slowed down Kyle Pitts in the second half. I mean, Pitts really didn't do anything in the second half. He did all the damage in the first half. The adjustments defensively were fine, outside of the fact he just couldn't adapt. You had the drop passes, you had the poor clock management at the end of the game. So, just things that when you go back and look, I truly, I truly believe it. South Carolina is not too far away from being able to turn the page. What that is that's holding them back and I think a lot of people would say coaching I mean I don't know what the exact answer is but I feel like you're right there but a lot of times it's you know self-inflicted wounds you know like I said this tackles the drop passes just doing things over and over that's not gonna it's not gonna be able to help you because you're not that great of a team to be able to make mistakes like that you'll be able to win games
1: well, i right now wrapping it up here with Mike Uva from Watchbox 57, one of the best in the biz. He comes all the way from Columbia, South Carolina, covers the Midlands, the Gamecocks, and a lot more. Uh, of course, his big team is the New England Patriots. So is Kevin Billadu, who joined us at 630. We didn't ask Kevin, by the way, about the Patriots because that's kind of a touchy subject for him, man. But uh, are you pleased with the NFL right now as far as it goes before you uh, jump off real quick? Are you, are you, how, are you, how are you feeling about the NFL when it comes down to the season? No fans in the stands. It, it, the tackling to me, not really very good in the secondary. You know, but at least we have football. What's your what would what kind of grade would you give the NFL before you get back to business and jump off the air with us? Uh, I
0: mean, right now I'd I say it's a B. You know, and I think
10: in large part just because the product itself is football. Um, and you know, we've seen what really football looks like when you had the. The XFL started up a little too soon and then the AAF uh, recent, in recent years when how that just started up. I mean, I, I was a fan of that once things got going. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's not the worst football we've seen, but, yeah, you know, tackling hasn't been that great. You know, we've seen more points this sh- the, the first couple weeks of the season than we've seen in quite some time in the NFL. Um, but at the same time, too, like you talked about at the beginning of the show, you know, it's not going to be easy for them to be able to get through this season without cases popping up. And if a guy like Cam Newton can get it, anyone can get it. Um, and, and regardless of what people's opinions are on the virus, if people test positive, the NFL is going to do everything they can to make sure that uh, it doesn't spread. But at the same time, too, you know, some people may have looked at tonight's game like, okay, why well, the Patriots playing? If everyone tests negative outside of camp, and all these players agreed through the Players Association at the beginning of the season that these were going to be the measures taken, and they want to keep, you know, they wanted to play this year. Can you really say, what they shouldn't play tonight? So at the end of the day, they knew what they were signing for. They gave them the option to be able to opt out at the beginning of the year. This is what they signed up for. They knew what they were getting themselves into, and they knew that there was a possibility that stuff like this could happen because they're not in a bubble. They're not in a bubble, and I don't know how you would really be able to do that in the NFL in comparison to what we saw with the WNBA, the NBA, and then the NHL and, and even Major League Soccer.
1: Wrapping up here with Mike Uva from Watch Fox 57 Sports there in Columbia. Mike, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the knowledge, man. You're dropping it, as always. Uh, the best in the biz, not only in Columbia, man, but all that you do to help us, promote us, and uh, take time when we see you there in Columbia to say hello. It means a lot to us, man. How do we find you? How do they follow you and keep up with you guys up there at Watch Fox 57, buddy? Rich,
10: I appreciate you having me on. They can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore UVA at your high school, at your college. You also have some some Panther coverage in there as well, since we're the official station of the Panthers here in the Midlands. Uh, and they can follow us. We get 30-minute sports shows Monday through Friday uh, from 11 o'clock to 1130. And then Sunday night we have Sunday Extra, which gives you a look at sports uh, that, that you won't be able to find anywhere else in the Midlands. That starts at 1045 every Sunday night on Watch.
1: Brother, always a pleasure. Thank you again for so much, and I'll talk to you here shortly off the air, my friend. Thanks again. Have a great night, and we'll see you under the lights Friday night. Appreciate it, Rich. You too. All right, guys. There you go. That is a man who continues to help us grow in multiple ways from Columbia to Charleston, and that's my friends, is why we do what we do. We work with guys like Mike and his group. Stacey, of course, Huff is a guy who has been on the show. He's a very familiar voice that you hear on Championship Weekend. You hear him on the course the Watchbox 57 uh, station as well, as him and Mike uh, do a great job covering high school athletes across the board. we got to go to a break. We'll reset. We'll see if we can get in with the office of coordinator. And we're heading virtually from Columbia to North Charleston to the Fort, Fort Norchester's own office of coordinator, Coach Brent LePrad, coming out of break, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central, our Welcome back, everybody. Hour two is in the books, and here comes hour three in style as we want to thank Reginald Walker Jr. from uh, the Queen City in Charlotte, North Carolina. He played football for Joe Paw up at Penn State back in the day, currently covers multiple media outlets and, of course, produces at a local TV station up in Charlotte. But he played for that Penn State Nittany Lion back in the day and currently here handles a lot of business with them, Southern Sports Central. Then at 7.30, Mike Uva from Watch Fox 57 Sports in Columbia, the capital city here in the state of South Carolina, joined us for about 30 solid minutes, educating us and updating us. And now, without further ado, and this is the first. We are excited to bring in the offensive of coordinator, Coach Brent LePrad from the Fort. What's up, Coach Brent? How's life, buddy? Oh no, nope. we might have lost him here. We had him there for a minute. We might have lost him here, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get him back in here in just a minute. Usually, uh, the guys when they call for the first time, you know, they're not able to to they hear the music. It throws them off a little bit. I'll try to get them in here. Uh, but uh, Eugene, do the same thing. Kind of tell us your thoughts on uh, some of the comments there by uh, Mike Uva, who I thought dropped a ton of knowledge in about 22 minutes of time, buddy.
2: Yeah, I agree with him. You know, one of the teams I was actually following this weekend, uh, and, and Friday night was watching the, you know, it just seemed like a ticker on the board it was AC Floor. But, uh, you know, the uh, quarterback coach is a guy, uh, I believe, uh, Perry Orth took over as their quarterback coach or offensive coordinator or something like that. And, uh, you know, it just seemed like, you know, every time you turn around, it was like tick, 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 you know, another seven on the board, another seven on the board. So, uh, you know, congrats to those guys, you know, for finding that offensive machine. It's certainly fun to watch, especially if it's your team and you're going down the field and putting up, you know, 50, 60 points. And uh, it it was definitely – you know, last year I was on the the winning side of some of those where you put up 50 and 60 and 70 points. And, you know, I I guess if you're used to it or or if you enjoy offensive football, I'm more of a defensive guy, but I surely – do uh prefer winning to losing so i'll take those 50 and 60 point offensive outputs but uh you know and he had some good points um you see a lot of the schools in the upstate and you and i talked about that you see there are so many of the big 5a schools and 4a schools in the upstate you don't see as many of the 1a and 2as like you would do in the low country and other parts uh of the area plus you have to imagine uh For, you know, some of the reasons that might explain why some numbers are a little bit higher in that Greenville-Spartanburg area could be because of, you know, the interstate system for the things that benefit those guys in recruiting is because, you know, we talked about the accessibility and the traffic. You know, they're right there smack dab in between two major cities, so that could have something to do with it as well, but like you said, you know, with having those big schools up there. While we certainly have some of them in the low country, you know, we also have some of the smaller schools. So you just don't see maybe some of those numbers. But um, it's uh, really disappointing to hear about that game being uh, postponed on Friday night. I know it sounds like either it's a weather or a possible virus issue. not really sure yet. So I want to wait and see if we get some type of a uh, finality on, on the details of that. But, um, Either or, I know it's uh, very disappointing we're all looking forward to that type of game because, you know, uh, unfortunately, if you look at a team like uh, Dorman, who was picked, uh, you know, some of us picked them to win state championship this year, they could be out of the playoffs. That's how crazy <clears throat> this year is. And so we right. um, were definitely tuned in to watch that. And I know Burns, I was like, excited to
1: see what the Burns team was doing. But, um, you know, I mean,
2: back in the Columbia area, <clears throat>
1: Hey, hold on one second there, Eugene. Out. Let's just pause it real yes, quick. We do have him. Yeah, we got Brent here on the phone now with us. Coach Brent LaPrade joining us all the way, of course, from the fort. He of course uh, a virtual tour. we have going to have Brent LaPrade, the OC, joining us here in about ten seconds. Then Zoltan Oz will get in. Jordan Richards will join us, and Khalid Gatson join us. But we started off with the man who has taken the office of coordinator and doing it in style. Uh, Coach, thanks for hanging out with us tonight on Southern Sports Central.
7: Me, man it's an honor to be on your show
1: I'd say <laughs> man well worth the wait man I think we needed to get you from the defensive side to the offensive side man but you've almost put 100 points up in two weeks and I know your uh, standards are, are high and you keep pushing yourself at your own accord there buddy but uh, man first of all uh, you know t- tell us everybody who's kind of maybe meeting you for the first time tonight how long have you been in the coaching world and uh, tell us a little bit about of course uh, your transition from the offensive coordinating side now, and you were, of course, the D.C. for many years over at the Fort.
7: Yeah, and then this will be my 15th year of coaching high school ball. Uh, I was lucky enough to coach under my father, so he made me work my way through the ring, so I started as a J.D. coach for two years, and then I was defensive coordinator for about five or six years. I was lucky enough to learned most of my defensive stuff from uh, Coach Freddie Hamilton. He was there before me, and I was lucky enough to work under him. Then I got the reins when she left on and did that for about five years. And um, we had a good little run there on defense while I was there. But now I'm an OC, and it's really they made me look good. I'm lucky to have great coaches when I was on defense, great coaches when I was on offense, great players, great head coach, great administration. They make life easy there. There's a lot of coaches out there that would love to be in my situation. I know that, and I'm thankful for what I got, that's for sure.
1: We're live right now with the offensive coordinator over at Fort Dorchester, by the way, picked up a big win on Friday night against a seventh-ranked team in the state of South Carolina, The Goose Creek Gators, uh, they beat them 56-15. Of course, the Fort comes in, ranked at number four on Friday night, and it was a lighting up the scoreboard kind of night there, Coach. And I got to give you props where it's due because, you know, it's like I tell guys all the time, that was a good Goose Creek team. I just feel like the Fort's really starting to get its stride and and, and just had a better night, had a good night. But you got it, of course, with Zoltan Osborne. Numbers, you know, they they tell kind of the story there, and you've got quite a group of young men on that front side, I saw, of course, Jordan Richards, who looked like oh boy, off the blind side, pushing the guy all the way to the bus, pancaking him in the corner. But, I mean, it's just so many stories because you got so many dogs across that roster. Kind of tell us a little bit about that offensive team that you get to bring out on Friday nights, Coach.
7: Yeah, we are loaded across the board. Um, lucky for me, Coach Rafferty did a great job. I mean, we won a lot of football games as offensive coordinator, so I kind of just hold it down like he did to be honest with you but uh, he definitely left the cupboard full for me that's without a doubt and uh, I mean we have weapons all over the field I mean, you see us putting up all these yards and all these points, and a lot of it's a perfect storm for us. I mean, Goose Creek had to play on a Monday night. No way they could have practiced Tuesday. They really had one day to practice for us, and we caught some breaks in the game, and I mean, that's how it goes. When you're dealing with young kids, anything can happen on Friday night when you got 15, 16, and 17-year-olds out there, but uh, we definitely, we have plenty of weapons on the offensive side, and I mean... One of our better guys, Nate Joyner, still had not really played. He played for, I think, three or four snaps at Ashy Ridge. And coming in two weeks ago, we kind of thought him and Keith, that's for sure, were our two biggest weapons. And Keith ain't got the ball enough. And that's on the offensive coordinator, he's doing a horrible job. But uh, <laughs> we need to get the ball in five's hands a lot more, that's for sure. I feel horrible every time I leave the field on Friday night for him. But uh, it's just working out where it's what they're giving us, we're taking, and it's not him right now. And then, Another one, Day-Day Joyner, he's another one that we feel like will be a tough guy to match up with. And once we get him healthy, we expect to get him back this week. I mean, it'll be more weapons out there. And it's just, I mean, all sets of line has hunkered it down. We know we got a stud at running back. O.J. Washington has appeared out of nowhere. He's become the player that we all knew he was, but really nobody else did. He's kind of lit everybody's eyes up. Everybody wants to know who's number 10. And uh, him and then having a 6'5 junior. They can split out and play wide receiver. Can play tight end. He gives you mismatch problems. And offensive line gives us time to throw it when we need to run it. They pull them out of there and let us run it. I tell you, it, it's been easy. But I'm lucky. I got two great offensive line coaches, Joey Still and Jack Radcliffe. I have two unbelievable wide receiver coaches, Jeff Edwards and Kevin White. My running back coach played at Clemson. That's Josh Smith. I mean, everybody makes me look good. That's for sure. It's not me. I can assure you that. <laughs>
1: I don't know coach man I got to give you some credit man because I got a chance to hang out with you a lot more than others and uh, you know just seeing the family environment uh, being my first year over here with you guys uh, it's an honor and I appreciate the the warm welcome from you of course and the head coach and just everybody your families it's been quite an honor for me to stand up there on Friday nights and call the games on the TV or well a couple weeks ago we did the world's longest pregame it started at uh, seven it didn't end until five o'clock or five thirty the next day because of the delay and the and the lightning that pushed us back a day but when, when you look at things coach and even look at your running back situation and I kind of coined them the thunder and lightning which of course you mentioned Dwayne Wright who is really I mean if you look at his yards it's very deceiving I mean this is a guy who's got three touchdowns this past weekend he's got multiple touches any other weekend but he drags everybody along the way when it comes to getting the massive yards we need and then you're able to go to this little guy, Jalen Bess, seven, maybe a buck, 30 soaking wet. But he brings another avenue. He caught one in the end zone to start the game on Friday night, and he ran one, I believe, on the other side. Tell us a little bit about that one-two punch and how it opens up the passing game that you just talked about, having two good runners back there that can do what they need to do.
7: Yeah, they are definitely the one-two punch. I love the coin figure gave him, but uh, Dwayne, and he's our between-the-tackle guy. He's a he's a load to take down. And with our big guys up front, moving them out there, we just hand it to him. And then the best thing, the guy that really kind of gives us a mismatch is Jalen Bess. You know, we don't have to change personnel to go from two backs, what we call twenty personnel, to ten personnel. He can. Like you saw Friday night, he goes to receiver, he catches a 40-yard deep ball for a touchdown for a series, and he goes to running back. And we're running outside zones and Jets police with him, and he's making four guys miss and gaining 10 yards. So just the guys, everybody being bought all in, it, it makes it real easy to call plays. You know, it's the biggest difference in this team and the ones we've had in the past is just they trust us. They trust our coaches right now. and If we say jump, they just ask us how high it makes it real easy to call plays for me and our defense coordinator, Bobby Floyd. You know, they they trust all their coaches and you can tell on Friday night if something goes wrong, they want to get the sideline, they want to fix it, they're listening and it usually gets fixed in one series and we're back out there getting at it. But it's been a very fun group. Me and some of the coaches were talking the other day and it's like, man, this has been a long time since we've had this much fun coaching. And it's because they're a joy to be around. They have a good time. You've seen how hard they work and I mean, it's a playful atmosphere out there. We're out there fighting each other and having a good time. It's it's, it's really unique.
12: No, so, no doubt. Um, we keep
7: things rolling on this train track. We got
1: it. I tell you what, I tell everybody it's a bunch of it's a bunch of we guys and not many me guys, if any, and it's a very diverse group of young men who seem to really have bought into what you guys are selling. You know, before we talk about the new D.C., Bobby Floyd, who's been around for a long time with you guys and, of course, uh, was under you, I believe, over when you were the D.C. and he brought Kenny Walker over. He seems to be a perfect fit with all of us there, of course, with the head coach, Coach Steve Pratt over there with everything going on. But let's talk about Zoltan Osborne, 15 on the numbers, but he puts up much more than that when it comes to Friday nights. And watching him grow, I thought, a lot on Friday night, Coach, where he was able to read the defense, whether he gave the ball to the running back or pulled it back out, threw it or ran it. I mean, there was so much. I really saw this young man against the number seven team in the state really step up, and really, you would never know he was a sophomore unless you looked at the program.
7: Yeah, he has. He has been a joy for two games, I'll tell you. It's a perfect example is the 80-yard touchdown. I've got a stop route, five-yard route called. He gets up to the line, reads the defense, checks us out, of it, gives O.J. a go ball, and 80 yards later, we've got seven points. And I mean, we're in a, everybody, it looked like a slaughter game, but it was 35 15. We were backed up. You know, it was getting ready to be a two score game if we got stopped. And he has that tendency just to, he's not scared to throw it over the top. That's what I like about him. If you give it to him, he's going to take what you give him and I'll tell you, he, he's made life easy. He is. He's had some good coaches along the way besides me. I can tell you that. Because, man, he reads through everything. He gets us in and out of plays. I kind of give him the keys to the Corvette on Friday night. Like, here you go, man. Don't wreck it.
0: <laughs> he, he, he
7: makes me look good. That's for sure, calling plays. And uh and another thing is our, our backup, Andrew Wellborn is a great quarterback. Right. You know, Zoltan
9: having to fight every day
7: to be the starter, that makes a big difference. You know, when we put our twos in Friday night, Aaron goes down the field and scores, it kind of shows you – Zoltan doesn't get to relax in practice. He knows there's a guy behind him, and he knows he's got to get after it. I mean, it just shows, and Zoltan enjoys it. Zoltan enjoys Aaron. You can see them two celebrating when they score. You don't want am scoring. So it's just, man, if they can keep it rolling like they've got it, they've got a chance this year, that's for sure.
1: No doubt we're live right now with the offensive coordinator from the Fort Dorchester Patriots, Brent LaPratty, as he takes over the OC ranks this year and is doing it in style and putting up a lot of points along the way. Uh, Coach, tell me a little bit about Coach Bobby Floyd, the new defensive coordinator. I know he was under you over there when you are with you. We like to say when you were the DC. The one thing I love about watching this coaching staff is that it remember the Titans kind of feeling where the coaches were leaning on each other for answers towards the end of that movie. Well, you guys have been doing that since the beginning of this movie. We call 2020 and the season that we of course are looking forward to continuing having here, but. That relationship between you and Coach Floyd, I mean, I tell guys all the time, Coach, that some of the best, I would say, challenges that are faced are at practice because of how good the defense and offenses are and how they're able to utilize the talent on the other side to get better and ready for Friday night, Coach.
7: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, you think we got some high-powered offense. We went team pass today for 20 plays. We went ones-on-ones, on ones and we gained, I think, 10 yards at 20 plays a day. So that lets you know how high-powered our offense is. But our defense definitely gives us a run for the money And night. I mean, it was a no-brainer. When I, when I had the choice kind of to go to the other side, I didn't want to. I would have loved to stay as a defensive coordinator. I had an easy job. I had great coaches that coached with me, but I kind of knew it was his time, and he deserved it. And uh, I know you said he worked under me. It was never like that. When we put the defense in together, it was kind of me and him. It was more of his defense. He kind of taught me what we need to run and all, and that's kind of how it got to where it was. And we had him, and we actually had the help of a guy named Greg Crumb who moved on to Coach College Ball. But it was me and him and Greg cool. Crumb and Tracy White, and we kind of put the defense together. And over the last couple of years, it's been me and Bobby and Tracy White. And It's been you know, just evolving that defense, and he's had a hand in it the whole time. So, it was a it was a no-brainer. I knew that Bobby and Freddie Hamilton and Tracy White would be able to handle it on their own. And then we get the addition of Coach Walker. I mean, it's like, the rich get richer. I mean, how in the world can you have such good staff and get another good one? So, I mean, the addition of Coach Walker has just set us over the top. You know, he helps us a lot with the special teams games, with the defensive line. and then Freddie Hamilton, they make a big difference up front in the game. I mean team pass today we can't get the ball off they're rushing forward we're blocking with six and we can't get a ball off and that's good, coaching, you know and then you got a linebacker coach that was a seven-year nfl veteran i mean it's hard to beat the linebackers you go in the back you got a corner coach that played for us at fort dorchester and loves the team went on to play at newberry rashad Smith, bobby floyd doing the safeties it's like Guys, there's nothing open when we go team pass. I'm sorry. You know, everybody's looking at me like what we call them, but it's all covered and we ain't got time to throw it. So it's a good combo right now. You know, if we can just keep getting after each other and practice and making each other better. and Like you said, we work hand in hand we have a problem with the game plan, I'll come to him like, what do you think about this? And offense, same thing with him. He'll come to me like, what do you think? And it's just uh, total respect. We don't have any egos on our staff. I think that's a big difference. You know, I've seen some other schools in the past, they have egos. And with us, man, nobody's trying to be the head honcho. There's no egos. You know, check your ego into the door. We're here to win. That's kind of our attitude with our staff.
1: No doubt we're live right now wrapping it up with the OC over there at the Fort Dorchester with the Patriots who are now 2-0, and by the way, getting ready for stall. That'll be a Friday night game at home over there at the Fort. You want to check that one out? Of course, we'll give you some more information later in the broadcast. Big win this past Friday as they now improved to 2-0 and with that win against Goose Creek. The Goose Creek Gators come in ranked number seven, but they were beat 56-15 by the number 14 In the state, that is Fort Dorchester, and that is coming off a region win against Ashley Ridge. Uh, Coach, there is a a head honcho over there, and of course, uh, you know that guy pretty well. Matter of fact, you've known him your whole life. That is the head coach, uh, Coach Steve LaPrade over there. Picks up win number 150, but you don't hear much about it because, like you just said, he's not a me guy. He's a we guy, and it starts out at the top, and I can tell you from being around the program since late, late July, early August, and somewhere in that ballgame is that it has definitely felt like that from the top and it's rolled all the way down. And of course, you know, his wife, we uh, of course, miss Beth, you know, her pretty well as well, coach, Uh, you know, even her being around the program. And tell us a little bit about what that 150 means for coach and and then kind of growing up in a house where, you know what, that's all you know is watching him coach and doing the things that he's done, not just at Fort, but in his career.
7: Definitely. It's a 150 to him. It doesn't really mean anything because that's a high award to him. You know, it means more for him about the kids that won the 150 games for him. You know, we presented him with the ball, and it's funny, first thing he does is hand it to my four-year-old. I'm like, yeah, that's good. He's like, nah, there's a lot of people, a lot of coaches, a lot of kids that earned that 150. It wasn't me. I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. You know, you do the most work around here. So it is about you, but that's just how he is, you know. Growing up in that atmosphere, you know, I was very lucky growing up around those great Somerville teams back in the day I mean golly it was just it was amazing the guys I got to look up to and Ian Rafferty you know I looked up to him I got looked up to him playing in college got to follow go to the same school as him and then getting to coach with him learned a lot from him it's just it's a family atmosphere I think it was yesterday you know me and you had both our sons up at the school yep my four-year-olds running around and your boys running around and you know and the kids expected it's just everybody's family up there you know it's it's a very very good situation right now and it it's a top to bottom thing it starts with our principal i mean our principal and assistant principals they give us every opportunity to win that we could ask for head coach he does the same thing he just wants us to win don't have to make us worry about all the problems is here go out get us better at football i'll handle the rest and it's a, it's a very good situation. And we know we're fortunate. I we know there's a lot of coaches out there that don't have the best football principal in the world and don't have the best football athletic directors in the world. And we know what we've got and we are thankful for it. We don't overlook those, that's for sure.
1: No doubt about it, Coach. I want to thank you very much. Uh, this means a lot. Don't worry, this is not the last time you'll jump in here with us. I got a couple of your players that are going to – Be hanging out with us if you want. I'll send you the link. You can uh, log on over there at the house and uh, listen to your quarterback, your offensive lineman, and I believe a a strong safety is going to chime in here in the next uh, 30 minutes, Coach. But uh, tell, first of all, the head coach, thanks for letting you come in and hang out and and be the voice of the program tonight. Thanks, of course, for letting me be a part of the family over there on Friday nights, putting up with me Monday through, of course, Sunday, and uh, we just uh, look forward to it. And I'll be back over there with you guys tomorrow night.
0: Sounds great. Thanks for having me,
1: Richard. Always a pleasure. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the Office of Coordinator right there with, of course, the Fort Norchester Patriots. I got a couple of Patriots. I'm going to bring them both in right now. And uh, first of all, Zoltan, are you with me, buddy?
9: Yeah, I got you now.
1: Uh, you got you now. How about that? Now, I believe, Jordan Richards, are you with me? Yes, sir. Oh, the Mr. Pancake Man. There you go. We're serving pancakes on a Monday night here on the show. You just heard your you just heard the your your boss right. You just heard the OC just checked in, so you know he's back home listening, guys. And I want to thank Zoltan for you getting back in with me. And this is, uh, you know, another opportunity for you to join the show here tonight. So I look forward to that. And then uh, Jordan, this is your first of many, big man. But uh, Zoltan, I'm gonna let him talk a little bit first, and then we're gonna come to you, big guy. Uh, that being said, man, Jordan. Did you watch the blind side before Friday night, or you just thought you were going to have a blind side <laughs> moment when you decided to take that guy back to the bus, man?
12: Man, I just saw the opportunity and I took it. That's really <laughs> all that was.
1: Yeah, you did a good job with it, man. I, I, and I got to tell you, man, check in for those who don't know so Eugene can uh, put it over there at SO Sports Central. Uh, how big a fellow are you, buddy?
12: I am six three through Six three. 6'3?
1: Wow, I tell you what, and the kid is every bit of that size. Now, uh, let me bring you in here, Zoltan. You've done this before, buddy, so this is just another uh, day at the office for you, my man. How nice is it to have a guy that big at 16 years old sitting in front of you going, dude, just do what you got to do. Of course, I know you, by the way, fed him pizza yesterday. Do you want to keep the offensive line happy? Keep uh, keep them healthy and keep them fed. You did that last night, but uh, talk about that offensive line, big man. It was
9: great because, I mean, I honestly I don't know if I could do that myself because I mean they're they're blocking and give everything they got for everybody else on the team you know with everybody else you kind of all the other positions you're doing it and you get show from it but with the whole line that's just a bunch of hard work that really doesn't get as no as much as notice from every as everything else does and it's just they really do need that extra attention and it's great for them how about
1: I tell you what, when you feed them, Jordan, tell me, man, when you saw those pizzas walk in and you guys were getting some workout on a Sunday, man, uh, you know what? That makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it? Not only did you serve pancakes on Friday, you got somebody serving you pizza on a Sunday, right? That's kind of a good one-two punch
12: if you'd ask me. What's your thoughts there, Jordan? Yeah, I really appreciated the act. Like, we really, as offensive linemen, we really don't get that much, like, recognition or appreciation. So, like, when somebody does something for you like that, like, you really appreciate that and it makes you want to go I tell you like, what, harder for that person. Well, you guys went hard. I tell you what, that's kind of
1: been the storyline for me. That, was, that offensive line, very good. And I'm not going to tell too many secrets here because I know there's other people listening that we, you guys may be playing here coming up in the next couple of weeks. But I'm just going to say this, that a fella's, I don't want to say that a boy because I don't want to get anybody upset. But, hey, that of fellows for doing what you guys do on Friday nights. And I watch you guys grind, man. And, and, and let me ask you this, Jordan. You got to go up there. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, Coach Steele's the real deal, man. That guy's up in your face. He's in your grill. Uh, there's another coach that's out there on the offensive line getting into your into your grill as well, man. What's it like there to have those two coaches—not one, but two great coaches—on the offensive line pushing you Monday through Thursday, so that it makes it maybe a little bit easier to finally go out there and ball out on a on a Friday
12: night? Man, it's amazing. Like, I couldn't ask for any better other coach. Like having Coach Still and Coach Radcliffe, like coaching me throughout from ninth grade to twelfth grade, like it's just amazing. They taught me everything I need to know, especially Coach Still. And he put me in a position where I could be great.
1: Well, You're being great for doing sure. And I tell you what, the video proves it. And I look forward to you doing more things, Jordan. I'm going to cut you loose, bud. But I wanted to get you in here, say that a boy, way to go. And like you said, the offensive of line, you guys don't get a lot of love, man. So who do you want to give some shout outs to since I got you on the radio, man? Anybody out there you want to give some love to? Maybe somebody to your left side or your right side.
12: Or and this
1: is your opportunity. I'm going to give you about 45 seconds to uh, do what you do.
12: First, I want to thank God for putting me in position. Then, I want to thank my mom, my pops, my brothers, my sister. Uh, I want to thank Coach Stell, Coach Pratt, Coach Brent, really the whole coaching staff, and Zoltan. That's that's about it.
1: Hey, <laughs> I tell you what, he appreciates you. Trust and believe me. I get to call the games up there in the skybox, looking down, going, "Man, that's a pretty good offensive line." And usually, his jersey comes out looking pretty clean, but that means y'all did your job. So uh enjoy the rest of your night i'll see you tomorrow night over there or tomorrow afternoon at the practice field buddy but jordan write down these numbers get everything up to date i'm going to keep up to date with you big man and of course you and i will uh, we'll talk here real soon but thanks for joining our show for the first of many visits my friend
12: yes sir no problem
1: all right, ladies and gentlemen, so there's the big man on the offensive line, Zoltan. Let me get you in here, my friend, and uh, you can hang tight if you want to, Jordan. You can listen to the uh, to the rest of the interview with Zoltan. Uh, Zoltan, man, you know, great night. You you've really I, – I said this to you on Sunday when you and I had a chance to talk a little bit before you went to practice, but watching you, watching you handle the game on Friday night showed a lot of maturity, man. You played it really good. I thought a really good Goose Creek team who, you know, they had schemed well, they had done some things, they moved some guys, but yet I watch you watch that defense. When the linebackers moved in position, all of a sudden you're you're over there moving other guys, you're calling audibles, man. How how much fun is it, yes, to win, I get it, but how much fun is it, man, to now understand another step into the game? It feels like that maturity, second by second, but play by play continues to get better and better for you, buddy.
9: That's great. It just makes the – the game feel more like a game you know like cause chess it's almost like a game of chess you pull here pull there and then make the adjustments and you get what you get and it just makes it all funner because you're right. not funner but more fun and um, it's just fun
1: yeah, well, I can tell you one thing, man. It is a lot of fun when you're doing the things you're doing and you're able to understand things. You just had your, your offensive coordinator. Of course, he's the guy that you uh, get a chance to talk to along with some of your other coaches there. But but when you go through some of these practices, uh, what, what's been the one thing that you've enjoyed the most? I know we've only got two games under our belt. you got Stahl coming up this Friday night. But uh, kind of tell me a little bit, what – in two games, what has this meant to you in a season that we really didn't even know if we were going to have as of July? You know, we didn't know know if we'd have a season, man.
9: Just having the season has honestly been the most thing I've been the most grateful for because, I mean, really nobody knew at all that we were going to have the season. And this is – it feels like a special team. And I just want to be able to ball with my brothers and everything. And it's, it's just been great to actually have the season. I'm so thankful for it.
1: Well, we're excited to have you, of course, on Southern Sports Central and many times. A lot of greatness about you. Of course, you are a sophomore. Great numbers, by the way, coming out over the weekend on you. And you've seen it. And, of course, I know that you're one of those guys that at midnight on Friday night when uh, the struck, the, the clock struck 12, right, you Go to Saturday, that game kind of ended for you and you started looking at the next game. You know, uh, when you got to put things in perspective for you, what, what are some of the goals that you've got going into the rest
9: of the season, buddy? Just getting better week by week, day by day. Um, That's really all it is. I mean, of course, you get games. You get games. We had a decent – we had a solid game past Friday. But after that, um, it's just on to the next week. It's all just – that's what you got to do. You can't focus on the good things and you can't focus on the bad things, but you got to work on the bad things. You can't just focus on those but it's great to be able to notice what you did wrong. You did right at fixing what you did wrong. Well, I tell you what, man, I
1: tell you, you are fixing a lot of good things, doing a lot of great things. We're glad to have you here again one more time on the show. We're going to get you back in here. Of course, you know how it goes, man. We're going to continue to give uh, you guys a voice, not only, of course, here, but everywhere that we get the opportunity. I know you were on a show on this past Sunday a week ago where you had the opportunity to have some good conversations as well. But we appreciate what you do. And for the numbers, guys, Zoltan did a great job the other night. He put up 14 for 20, 332 yards, three touchdowns in the air, and he ran one on the ground. If that tells you what kind of young man that's on the phone with us here now interviewing this one more time. Uh, Zoltan, thank you so much. Thanks to your parents for uh, coming in and being a part of, you know, allowing you to come in and be a part of our show. You want to hang tight? I'm going to bring in uh, another one of your guys. Of course, this is the Strong Safety is going to join us now. Mr. – well, Khalid Gaston joined us now. What's up, Khalid? How's life happening over there in your side of town?
13: How's it going? Everything's good right now. Just chilling.
1: Just chilling. I hear the defense had a pretty good practice, man. We had the OC in here just earlier, man, and he spoke high regards to you guys over there. And, of course, your uh, defensive coordinator, Coach Bobby Floyd, man. What's it like over there at the Fort on a Friday night? This is your senior season, by the way, guys. He's the class of – 21. He's a strong safety and a shutdown guy, if you know what I mean. Uh, what's this season so far meant for you here with a couple of games under your belt, buddy?
13: It's a real big season for me trying to pick up some offers coming in, but as a team aspect, we're doing really really good. Holding on both teams that we played so far under under 300 yards, so that's pretty good for us. Um, we have a lot of young guys on the defense, but it doesn't really matter. We're going out there doing our thing.
1: We're live right now with one of the strong safeties from the team of the week with the game of the week. Of course, it was Fort Dorchester, the 4th rank Patriots. They hosted the 7th rank Goose Creek Gators, and they're opening for the season of 2020 in the game of the week, week two. And it was all Fort from the kickoff until the final four quarters were put in the books. And, of course, you know, Khalid, we talked about your defense on this show last year. I mean, of course, you guys know you had your teammates graduate. One went to Navy, one went to uh, Georgia Tech, the rumbling wreck, man. But I got to be honest with you, man. Watching not only the secondary, watching the linebackers and that defensive front, man, I, I knew that you guys were going to be dangerous reloading it from, well, scene one from last year, getting into this scene this year. You know, what are some of the things that you've been most impressed with with your defensive guys? And now that you are the captain, you're a senior, you and your teammate on the other side, by the way, who's also a shutdown gentleman, uh, what are some of the surprises that you've seen this year, buddy?
13: I've been real impressed with uh, the young guys coming up, um, stepping in. We, don't, we haven't really lost a step from last year, you know. The young corners, the young D-linemen, our linebackers never really fell off. I'm impressed. Everybody thought our D-line was going to be weaker this year but so because we lost our two big guys, but we're still in get, having a good pass rush, good um, run-stop defense. It's
1: like nothing really fell off from last year. I'd say that for sure, as you guys are definitely holding down the fort. No pun intended. There is the winning team from our game of the week in week two. Of course, we had Coach Brent LaPratt. He is the OC for the Fort Norchester Patriots. And a few of the players here have joined us here. We had Jordan Richards, an offensive lineman, the quarterback, Zoltan Osborne, and we're live right now with Khalid Gatson, the strong safety, one of those shut down, no fly zone kind of guys over at the fort. Now, when you look at it, man, I got to be honest, man, those jerseys, on Friday night, had every bit of a Darth Vader feeling to it. Man, it's got to be pretty neat to play in some of that type of gear, man. You guys across not only at Fort but everywhere, man, y'all got some good gear right there in that backyard. I get to see that Adidas logo doing its thing. But how cool is it to see, you know, Coach Pratt and all the coaches pouring into you guys on and off the field like they do? Um,
13: It's pretty – it's nice getting all the, like getting all the um, nice stuff that we have. Like, a lot of schools don't – have all this type of stuff that we have. We get uh, We get pretty much have everything given to us. We get cleats, gloves, new uniforms, everything. So like uh, the co- the coaches. It's, I know it's a lot of money, but they still find a way to get it done. So I appreciate them for
1: that. No doubt about it. As we're live right now, wrapping it up with Khalid Gadsden. He is a strong safety class of 21. This is it, man. Did you ever imagine? Could you ever imagine? And it probably felt like it took forever to get here, but I tell seniors every year that I've been in a booth and down on the field with you guys on the practice fields, is that this is the shortest season of your life. And, of course, not because we're only going to play seven in the regular season and a handful of games all the way to the state championship. But, you know, uh, what are the one things uh, when you think back to your days at Fort Dorchester, what's the one thing – that you will always remember when it comes to Fort football on a Friday night, buddy?
12: Just the
13: feeling, the feeling of the buzz, the fans, the fan base is like amazing. Cause back when I was at Blue Street, the fan base wasn't like as like together as it is at, um, at Fort. Everyone is rooting for us to win. And that's like, I love you here.
1: I got to be honest with you, buddy. I'm looking forward to getting you back in here anytime. And I tell you guys this, whether you're anywhere from the fort to anywhere across the country, man, this radio show, Kalita, is for you, brother. All you got to do is pick up the phone and you can co-host it with me, me, myself, Eugene, or any of our other shows because we have five different shows uh, seven days a week, buddy. But I want to say thank you so much to your family for allowing you to come in here tonight and be a part of our show I've had the opportunity, young man, to watch you play and practice uh, this year, and it's been a gift. It's been something I've appreciated building our relationship off the air, and I look forward to now taking that right here on the air. But thanks for taking some time out. I know you've been in school all day, you had practice, and here you know, Mr. Rich is asking you to jump on the radio, man. But thank you so much for all that you're doing and being that leader on and off the field day in and day out, brother. So thank you. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. There he goes. All we'll say, thank you so much to all of those over at the Fort. We'll start off with Coach Steve LaPratt. He is the head coach over there with win number 150, oh, by the way, in fashion. But he did it by handing the ball off as he was the quarterback to his grandson. That is Coach uh, Coach Brent LaPratt's son, who was standing there. And, uh, you know, good coaches do great things that you don't even see. And, uh, you know, I had a chance to do the coaches show Eugene, on uh, on Friday night, it was a blast. Man, you know, I, I thank God. I I really do. You know, I feel almost like I'm getting spoiled by, by being around so many great young men and uh, so many great coaches and their families. And, you know, the one thing I can tell you, you know, we're going to have to go to break here just a little bit because we do have our final guest coming up. And, uh, you know, hang tight. We're going to come to you out of break there, Coach Hayward. So don't go anywhere. But, you know, Eugene, the one thing, the biggest fear I got with doing what, what I do on Friday night, what do you think it is, Eugene?
2: I think it's the, the interview with the kids, honestly. But, uh, you know, and and that fellowship with with them and the coaches, I think that's your uh, highlight for Friday night.
1: But what do you think my biggest concern on Friday nights is? What do you think the thing I worry about the most when it comes down to that broadcast? Uh, outside of
2: technology
1: issues? That's not my yeah, problem.
0: Well,
2: <laughs> yeah. I get to say that. Yeah.
1: That's not me, man. I don't do that's out of my pay grade. I don't worry about the I don't worry about that part. We got a guy that he's like the guy but at, at Wizard of Oz, man. Joe is one of the best in the biz. I let him handle that part. What else you got?
2: Oh man,
1: now I'm running out of ideas here. Uh you go in there ooh. and say somebody's name wrong, young man, and you'll find out who their grandma is who the mailman is on that street, who the neighbor is in that street. And then that mama's coming for you. I ain't worried about their daddies. I'm worried about their mamas and trust and believe me, I've already had two conversations in two weeks. So I make sure that I put it down and and, and it's always been the case, man, but it's a blessing. It's an opportunity. And uh, to Zoltan, to Jordan, to Khalid, thank you guys so much for welcoming me and my family. As you guys heard yesterday, I had my son with me and I'm very, a family friendly guy myself, but that's the big picture. You know, what we do on Friday nights is impressive, but what we build between now and Friday nights is the story. Guys, we got to go to break. Come back. We're heading back to the hotlines, and we're going to head over to Kurt, Coach Sterling Hayward. He is with the Low Country Outlaws 707 teams. We'll talk about them and a lot more. Don't go anywhere. We're going to get some water, and we'll come back to wrap up this amazing broadcast here. Thank you again, guys, over at the Fort. Congratulations on winning our game of the week as you did it in style, 56-15. Guys, we'll be right back. More Southern Sports Central next.
3: My family and I were suffering with no protection from the hot Carolina sun. I called the tent farm and they told me about their line of ceramic window film. Now I have 99.9% protection from harmful UV rays for the ones that matter the most. You don't have to be a math teacher like me for those numbers to make sense. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm. I was driving in extreme Charleston heat. I
2: couldn't take it any longer. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm. I used to be the victim of bad tent. It was so horrible, I was embarrassed to be seen driving even in my own hometown. I called the tent farm, and they took care of me. I wasn't alarmed. I called the farm.
8: I'm Jonathan Farmer, owner and founder of Tent Farm.
3: Are you a victim of bad tent? Are you suffering from extreme heat? We here at the Tent Farm want to help you with these horrible conditions. Don't be alarmed. Call the farm.
1: Hey, welcome back, everybody, for our final segment. I want to thank those guys over there at the Tin Farm. You can find them on the World Wide Web at tinfarm.com. Jonathan Farmer is the behind all that madness over there at the farm, and without further ado, we bring him in in fashion with the NWO theme. I had a chance to meet Kurt Sterling Hayward about ah, about, about a month ago over at one of these camps that we do. And uh, it was, as always, a pleasure as I bring him in now here with us for the first of many with the Low Country Outlaws. Coach, how's a Monday night treating you? Thanks for joining us here tonight, buddy. What's up? I appreciate the... Uh, I know it was a little bit of a delay, man, but you got to enjoy, as much as I do, listening to these young ballers ball out on the microphone, man, giving them a chance to grow not just on the field, but grow on this opportunity to speak here, man. I know you guys work on that over there with the Outlaws and not only saying, look, what you do on this field is important, but what you do off this field is twice as important as what you'll do, of course, ever on the field, right?
6: Oh, no doubt. Um, I'm, a, I'm a high school. High school football junkie, man. So, as the kids know, I'll pop up anywhere, any game. Um, you might catch me in Orangeburg. You might catch me at the Fort. You might catch me at Goose Creek, Berkeley, Panahan. I'm all over the place. If my son's not playing, then I'm at some high school football game somewhere on Friday.
1: That's what we do is we're live right now with the coach from the Low Country Outlaws. And this is the first of many with the queen, of course, him. coach mile and of course tommy over there as well so many great guys doing great things and again coach we're excited about working with you guys uh once you start your season up giving you guys a voice here on the broadcast as we travel around with you guys during the off season but it's an on season for you guys over there for those who don't know who the outlaws are and i know that's maybe a hard thing to believe but we want to believe somebody in alaska might be listening to us right now coach so no disrespect but Tell us, who is the Outlaws? Where did you guys come from? What's the history behind the madness here as you guys ball out on the weekends?
6: Uh, well, just let me start off. I'm going to tell you what it is. isn't. It is not the NCAA transfer program. Everybody thinks it is. Everybody thinks we bring kids in and have them transfer to different schools. That's not what we're about. We don't do that. Um, we're an off-season program to train the kids get them to do something to do so they can improve on their skill set. And if they really love football and they want to get to the next level, we can help them get there. Uh, That's why it was started. Uh, It was started because there wasn't enough kids in the low country getting the offers that we felt like they should get. So we started this up to train them and provide them with the tools to get to the next level. Uh, It's fine going to some of the smaller schools around here, but we feel as though we can can reach for the stars and go bigger places and do bigger things.
1: We're live right now checking in with the coach with the Low Country Outlaws, as he mentioned it right there, guys. And that's the thing about these trainers. They train when the coaches can't train. And I think that's kind of one of the things, and I appreciate you echoing that, Coach, just earlier. You uh, gave that that, that segue there because for me, and I've had a chance to work with a lot of guys, be it with different training groups, and and I've been very much that guy. I like to say the bridge between – what you guys do and what the coaches do at the high school level say, hey, look, what do they need to be doing that you can't be doing? Let's work together because if our goal is the same, Coach, if our goal is the same, shouldn't we at least be working together to help these young men achieve that goal? And that is play at the next level in college, right? Is that kind of the direction that we're all going, Coach?
6: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, If you just look back at it, you know, we had Lavelle. Novell played with us. We had little Od. He's at uh, UCF. Sincere played with us for a little bit. Um, he didn't play this last year, but he played the year before. And there's there's numerous kids that that I myself and Mal train that didn't, don't even play on the team, but we still train them. If they reach out and they say, "Hey, listen, man, we we had a couple drops, or we could you work me on this or that?" Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's no rhyme or reason why we don't train kids, because it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids getting better. It's all about the kids reaching and attaining their goals. And we feel like we can help them get there. And why not? Why not help them out? You know what I mean? Not, not no knock on any high school coach or anything like that, but sometimes they don't have the time that we have to put in with the kids. I mean, they got to teach class. They got to do all this other stuff. They got family, you know? So we don't have to teach no class. We don't have to be in school eight hours and then go to practice. You know, we work, we work jobs, and then weekends were off. And I work shift work, so I got four and four off. So I, I got a little bit more time to invest in the kids. So that's, that, that, that's what we're about, and that's what we do. You just train them. And then once you get in the seven-on-seven, seven, you get in the you go play against competition that you wouldn't normally play against down here. Not saying everybody on, on the same level, but you play people from New York, people from Texas, people from North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, so, so you can gauge where you're at, you know. If you think you're the dog, you're the you're the big dog, and you're the man. And then you get there and you get humbled a little bit. tournament, you know, you got to put some more work in. And, that, and that's what it's about.
1: We're live right now with Coach Sterling Hayward. He is with the Low Country Outlaws. You can follow them on Twitter at lcoutlaws Outlaws Seven V Seven. Now, they're official home of the Low Country Outlaws Seven on Seven Team Number One Development program in South Carolina, 18U, 15U, 14, 13, and 12U, all-star seven-on-seven travel teams. Of course, uh, they do a phenomenal job working with a lot of men. And like you mentioned, there's a lot more time that you guys have uh, during certain periods for sure of the season. And there are dead periods. There are certain periods where coaches can't do certain things. And, again, I I think that this is at a time – if we've learned nothing else in 2020 that we need to join together and let's get on the same page. Hey, if there's an issue, let's put it on the table. Let's let's go ahead and, and, and be the men of the round table and uh, solve the issues that need to be solved so that if, again, we're doing this for these young men, we can do what we got to do. I've had the opportunity to work uh, with a lot of guys who I know you guys work with. Of course, I've had the chance to meet you at the camp over there at Goose Creek a couple about a month ago and, Got to see Mal there, of course. And then, you know, uh, Coach Sullivan, you know, one of the best DV guys around as well. He's up at Huff High School in North Carolina. He and, of course, Ramon Robinson, Coach McGowans. All of those guys work together with you guys as well during certain parts. And and for me, you know, I I applaud you guys for for being willing to say, hey, whatever I got to do, whatever we got to do to help these dudes right here. That's the big picture. You know, what's kind of the, the, the movement behind this thing when it comes down to it, though, I guess, uh, when you look at when this thing was created, the low country outlaws, you know, when, again, I know a lot of guys that have come through your program. I know a lot of guys that are currently playing with your program, but, uh, you know, what's kind of the protocol when it comes down to getting in touch with you guys? Cause I know y'all have some, uh, I guess, um, tryouts, right? November and December, two different dates coming up, coach.
6: Correct. Uh, the so best part of the way is twitter um, we got Twitter we got instagram, we got facebook but we we have we reached out to pretty much we've reached out to a lot i mean if you if you can look at my inbox right now on twitter it's it, it, it's flooded, and I'm constantly answering messages on Twitter and hitting players up and dropping links and all kind of stuff, just trying to get them engaged and see if they're gonna come try out. So the tryouts, we got two different tryout dates. We got November 21st and December 12th, and it'll be at Woodland High School. But the two dates is because we know kids got a lot going on, and uh, we know kids play multiple sports. So we're just asking if you can't make both of them, at least come to one, and let us get let us get let us get our eyes on you. See how you move. See how you catch. See how you backpedal. See how you throw. Um, So we can so we can get a, a good evaluation of your skills and uh, see if you can be a part of our team and help us go out here and beat Cam Newton. That's, that, that's our arch nemesis, Cam Newton's team, and some of these teams from Atlanta and everything. But it, it, we ain't going to do it unless we get all the talent in South Carolina, you know, right. all the top dogs in South Carolina. That, that's the difference between us and some of the other, other states. They get all the best players in their team, and when they come, they're loaded. You know, we get a few here, a few there. But we need we need all of South Carolina to come together. And if all of South Carolina comes together, then we can go out here and
1: make some noise on a national level. I agree with you. We're live right now with Coach Sterling Hayward. He's one of the coaches over there with the Lowcountry Outlaws. They will have a tryout November 21st, December 12th. Location, Woodland High School, 4128 U.S. Highway 78, Dorchester, South Carolina, we'll put this flyer on our Twitter page, that's at SOSports Central and on our Facebook page, Southern Sports Central. Coach, you know, I couldn't uh, agree with you more. I'm tired of hearing Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, Texas, California, because per capita for years, the state of South Carolina has put more dudes and dogs in the NFL than anybody, and we still got them right here in this state, and it's because of us working together that we will continue to grow together and show the rest of the country, They're right here in this state. We got what it takes to take care of business, and I am excited to work with you guys and and, and give your athletes, because that's what we do here on Southern Sports Central, a voice, an opportunity to do some of the things they do. And, of course, I look forward to going to that Cam Newton matchup, because I know it's it's quite the entertainment. I've seen some things, heard some things, and now I look forward to being a part of some things. Coach, uh, thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Uh, Really quick, uh, the best way, and and I think uh, I've already mentioned it, but – uh, the best way, Twitter world, I guess, is where you are, I know, covering that handle uh, for these guys to get in touch with you, Coach.
6: Correct. Uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, my personal cell phone number is 843-822-6848. If you want to contact me personally, I accept all phone calls. I mean, I don't scan my calls. I don't owe nobody no bills, so I ain't worried about <laughs> bill collectors. Um <laughs> But, yeah, like like I said, we're, we're, we're ecstatic to have you aboard um, to help us bridge that gap. Some places we got a gap and for your expertise um, in the high school world. So, we're, we're extremely excited. We've got top-notch media guys and uh, J-Bank Productions and top-notch talent. So, we will showcase some guys. We've got the YouTube episodes going on. So, we're, we're doing a lot of things. 2021 is going to be a big year for us. We plan on doing some big things. Um just if you want to play, come out. Show us what you got. We'll put you on. We'll train you up. We'll get you up to speed. You know what I mean. And 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 we'll do everything we can with our contacts. We're not saying we're not saying we're going to get you a scholarship. By no means, because you got to put the effort in on the field. You got to do your part. But we will if you're a good character guy. You're a hard-playing young athlete. We will stick our necks out for you. And we'll we'll reach out our contacts we'll try to get you in somebody's university. But uh, we have resources. Your high school coaches have resources. I just I just ask some young people, you know, have your Twitter cleaned up. Have a have a test score, S-A-T or A-C-T, you know, and be a good character guy. Be someone that, you know, your coach can stick their neck out for. Because they're not going to stick their neck out for you if you're in a good character guy. And you causing problems, you know, it's just going to mess it up for the future. So, those are those are the qualities we're looking for, and, and we're looking for dogs. You know, you got to be a dog to play. And seven on seven is a little different than high school football. You know, you can't you can't come in there with feelings. You can't come in there with an ego. You just got to come in there ready to work.
1: Well, coach, I appreciate it. I look forward to getting some work with you guys. Uh, I'll catch up with you off the air. Of course, I meant to reach out to you earlier today. It kind of got behind that we had such a big show lined up, and I knew, you know, we were going to wrap it up with you in the air with us here. But uh, thank you again for for the kind words. I look forward to my team and your team working together. Of course, uh, it's not just me like you, not just you as a team of you guys. And, uh, again, you know, anybody that's about the kids, anybody that's moving that direction brother. I'm, I'm on board. Our team's on board and uh, we're going to do some great things here as the season continues to get closer for you guys. And of course, we'll continue to catch up a little bit closer here towards that time there. Coach, thank you again for your time tonight. God bless you, your family, tell your son we said hello. And, uh, Tell them to keep doing that thing over there uh, as the hurricanes continue to roll through that uh, that season this year, man.
6: Ten four. I let them know, man. I appreciate you. Uh, I good hearing Brent on there, Fort Dorchester, man. I got old old roots there. Tell the I said what's up.
1: We'll do for sure, there, Coach. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That, of course, is Coach Sterling Hayward with the Low Country Outlaws. Eugene, I bring you back in. We got like four minutes, kind of wrap up all the madness, man. But quickly, uh, let's go through the guest list. The five-star, I mean, red carpet rolled out. It started at 6.30 with Kevin Billadeau from Live 5 and CBS Sports. Seven o'clock had Reginald Walker Jr., former player for Joe Pa and the Nittany Lions. He's, of course, out of the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. At 8 o'clock, the win a team from our game of the week. A Coach, that was Coach Brent LaPrade, the office of coordinator. He joined us. He talked to us a lot about the transition from D.C. to O.C., and believe me, he evidently has figured out what it takes to be the O.C. because he's put up almost 100 points in two games. Then we had a couple of his dogs join us. That was Zoltan Osborne, the sensational sophomore quarterback and his big offensive lineman, Jordan Richards. He looked like, oh, boy, off the blind side as he gave a pancake on a Friday night that will be a YouTube sensation. It was incredible Uh, to see him drive that young man back. And again, it happens. It's football. And, uh, well, that's kind of the name of the game. Then it was Mr. Khalid Gadsden representing that strong defense. His course defensive coordinator is Bobby Floyd. Uh, Coach Floyd would be happy with his interview. I thought Mr. Gadsden did a great job showing a lot of love to those around him. And, again, just an honor to have them in. And then, of course, we wrapped it up there with uh, the coach from the Low Country Outlaws, which I have now had the opportunity to meet all of these guys and uh, looking forward to uh, this next step. As this season in high school ends, that season begins, and uh, we continue to make sure that the guys that we love on during this season, will love on them on the next season. And the cool thing, you know, we'll get to travel around a little bit there as we get to know Kurt Sterling, Hayward, and and, and the things that he gets to do. Eugene. Great job over there on the world of Twitter, buddy. I know you're not feeling well. For those who don't know Eugene, not 100%, so keep him in in your prayers. As uh, Dude, you hit a home run tonight on social media, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, man. And
2: uh, when you uh, get over to practice tomorrow, man, how about uh, ask your your buddy there, uh, Mr. uh, Coach LaPrade, if he can uh – go ahead and create a Twitter handle for us so that we can uh, tag him and feature him and and put his pictures up. It it took me forever to find a picture, you know, a good picture of him celebrating with his dudes. So I was able to locate one and put it out there. But there's nothing out there on Twitter world for him. So uh, help him create a Twitter handle so we can get Coach uh, LeBrad all his uh, just dues
1: every time he scores 50 points. Yeah, well, you know, that's – now, you know, Coach – Coach Brent's got a Twitter page now. The the, 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 the OC that was on here tonight was well, he actually has a an account. So uh, you know well, you we let well right <laughs> it work. It is very well hidden. Man, it's been a great night of football conversation here. Man, I gotta tell you, my Packers are playing in like ten minutes. I appreciate Pack Nation for waiting before I get off the air tonight and and putting together uh, what is going to be hopefully a big win, and that's going to put us at four and zero. And my weekend will be complete. Yeah, my Gamecocks didn't do so well, but that's all right. We're good. Tell you, it's like a bad relationship, man, between me and my Gamecocks, man. I just tell you, who man. I I, I,
2: I haven't like my even idea with though.
1: you with that. I haven't
2: what even happened? bothered
1: you with that game.
2: Well, I appreciate I, I, I've that. i totally left you alone. Yeah. yeah. You know, I figured there's no point in kicking a man, you know.
1: And you know what's bad is that when I go to work sometimes. I go to some of these places and what I do nine to five and you and I know, and for those who really know me know what I do. And I hear roosters crowing in the background sometimes. Right. And then, man, it makes me angry. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, I want to hear that right now, especially out of a Saturday night. So just uh, frustrating, very frustrating, but we'll see what we get here. Yeah. yeah. It's a new week. It's a new day. And we'll leave yesterday in yesterday. Now, of course, uh, we will be back live on Thursday night, not Wednesday night. Next week we go back to Wednesday, Eugene, so make sure you make notations. The first lady needed uh, – Ms. B needed to be on this Wednesday, but she's going back to Thursdays. We're going back to Wednesdays. But this week we will be live on Thursday night, 6 to 9. Got another great group of guys and girls coming in here to hang out with us. Tomorrow night it is all – I mean all of uh, Everett Sands and the West Foundation Sports Show. They'll be kicking off at uh, 6 o'clock. He's got five, I think, great guests, if not six. But it's three hours, and you want to listen in. You want to make sure. Parents, listen. This guy knows what he's talking about. So you want to make sure that you get in there with him. So, uh, again, we'll follow you. You follow us. We'll continue to promote those athletes. Eugene, stay safe. Stay healthy. Get healthy, my friend. And you and I will catch up off the air, buddy. But I want to give you a chance to sign off. And, uh, again, thank you for what you did tonight, bud.
2: Yeah, man, thanks a lot. I'm back for uh, time to get on the meds again and uh, get some rest, get some fluids in my system. Um, my son just came in and said, man, I'm not feeling too well either, so i uh, got to get him healthy because uh, he's got a big day at school tomorrow. So uh, I'll check in with you in just a little bit, buddy. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you soon. All
1: right, guys, on behalf of all of us, all of you, please stay safe. Remember, follow the rules, do the right thing, live to see another day, and by all means, be that great person in your circle guys until next time we say so long farewell and god bless
4: was how fast 27 years goes by there's so many people that live vicariously through you I would give anything tonight to jump in one of these uniforms with you guys
3: I never had an opportunity to do. It. My father never saw me play. You play for your father
4: tonight. That feeling goes away. It goes away, and it doesn't come every Friday night. It comes when you get married. It comes when your child's born. So you get it, but you just don't get it every Friday night. You're going to miss that more than anything in the world. That's what I miss. And so you seniors that are focused on college, you're focused on your work after high school, what you're going to do next.